Have you ever felt like there's just so much more you can learn about our world, its history, its impact on our everyday lives? Sure you have. The Cool Down Time podcast listeners are thoughtful and they're smart. But have you ever thought, hmm, I need to log on to Fortnite to learn about our world, its history, and its impact on our everyday lives? Fuck no. Man, look, mistakes are made. Mistakes will continue to be made. Marco and I will continue to call them out because we got opinions. But we also got loadouts today. We got booty juice aplenty. We got Gamescom's 2021 coverage coming at you. And we delve into the number five game of all the times on our cool down time countdown. Welcome to episode 16 of the Cooldown Time Podcast. I'm your co-host and hidden gem of a man, Marco. And joining me is my co-host with his very own Psychonauts Mental World. And his world features toilet texting, nasal congestion, Christopher Nolan dartboards, Gullah Gullah Island reruns, and refrigerators full of nasty-ass Malta. We got Pablo in the house. What's up? All those things, I, I don't know if you probably intend them to sound negative, but they sound incredible <laughs> to me. Listen, man. And Gullah Island is super underrated, and Christopher Nolan is super overrated, and Marta is incredible. Ooh, ooh. I, knew you, I knew you'd have a problem with that one, but all Ma- I'm going to say is this, man. All I'm going to say is this. Malta, booty juice, same thing. Same thing. <laughs> I tricked you. I tricked them. I, I didn't trick you into drinking it. I just thought it was so delicious. <laughs> Anybody would enjoy that cold beverage. And I gave him one like, hey, Oof. take this. And he drank it. And it looked like I gave him uh, like minced Arsenic. shit. <laughs> he was. Uh, Folks, if what, you ever want to know what carbonated banana urine tastes like, Malta is what you want to try. I don't right? know. I don't know what was worse. The time that I gave him Malta or the time that he came to church. <laughs> One day we're gonna get into that story, man. Because I'm still I'm still confused as to how everybody in your church had a tambourine. But we're gonna go ahead and get this show started. Um, we have a great we have a great episode this time, man. We have our loadouts as usual to talk about what we've been playing. We of course have Malta, uh, booty juice, uh, which is our segment where we talk about the biggest blunders of the industry. Um, we have two pretty big ones this week, I would say, so we're going to talk through those. Our Checkpoint Chat, which is usually our main event of the show, is going to be talking about Gamescom 2021 as we talk through all of the big highlights and news stories and gameplay that we got a chance to see and learn about at the event. And then, of course, we're going to wrap things up with our cooldown countdown as we go through our fifth favorite video games of all time. So lots to look forward to. Please stick around. You ain't got shit else to do. All right, so... Uh, before we get started, Pablo, we want people to subscribe to us, of course, right? So why don't we uh, go ahead and tell these people to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod. Um, I usually uh, update our Instagram with a lot of retro stuff I'm playing and updates, of course, on where we're at with new episodes. So please follow us there if you happen to want to. Uh, and the Twitter, Cooldown Time Pod as well. Uh, so any uh, support be appreciated. And of course, follow us uh, and subscribe to our podcast at your favorite streaming platforms. That is Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you like to stream stuff. So, now that we got all that out of the way, Pablo, let's not waste any more time. We have loadouts to get into, and we have a pretty big release uh, with Psychonauts 2 
uh, the long the long awaited sequel to the uh, I think it was t- 2005 I believe when the yeah. first one came out. So it's been a while. It's been a minute. Uh, we got our comeback with Psychonauts 2, and uh, let's kick things off to you and hear how you're feeling about this game. Yeah, I mean, uh, I love the game. I'm uh, really enjoying my time through it. I haven't finished it. I'm still uh, playing through it. Uh, it is it is a wonderful, delightful, charming game that, you know, in 2005 when the original came out, I really enjoyed that game as well for all the same reasons. But being such a long gap and such a lot of troubled, uh, it was a very troubled development cycle for Psychonauts 2. I still probably had some reservations that, as to whether or not this game was actually going to deliver, hearing that they had to cut boss fights. Uh, yeah. yeah, they had they had to do that a lot. Of, yeah, they cut uh, levels off the game, and you know that that stuff tends to happen. But when you're eliminating every boss fight in order to meet a certain time frame and also uh, the budget, it's a little bit kind of like, hmm, I wonder if this game's gonna pan out. Luckily, Xbox, Microsoft bought Double Fine and and, and gave them all the monies, gave them access to the to the uh, to Xbox Legacy, uh, and they were able to get in there and you know put those things back and i think the game is a lot better for it i mean a lot of the boss fights that i've gone through so far have been really fun uh tie in really cool with the level itself uh it's just a really charming platformer action uh game and and it's not perfect you know some of the combat stuff feels a little dated uh i think the platform is really good but it also really depends on some of the level design as to whether or not you can you know really uh use all the platforming tools that you have available to you but uh other than that um i'm really enjoying my time with it Uh, a lot of conversations have been had about this game being a possible game of the year candidate being that it's such a uh, um, a a down year for video games to begin with i'm right there with them i think uh you know this is probably top five top three for me uh as of right now um I'll see how it ends once I finish the game, but I am having one hell of a time with it. Kind of can't uh, can't stay off of it, so uh, I'm gonna keep playing until I, I get through it. So uh, that's where I'm at. How about you? Yeah, I think I think to your point, I think this is gonna be the Hades of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is gonna be the game that's gonna rack up tons of Game of the Year awards from a lot of different outlets and YouTube channels because of just just how much it it excels at as a game. I think. For me, um, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle of, of, of being in love with it and kind of feeling like it's not quite for me. Um, and I think one of the biggest reasons why I feel like it isn't quite for me is, uh, and you kind of alluded to it, but I think some of the gameplay aspects, um, I, I think when you look underneath kind of all of the, you know, the amazing level design and, and the amazing art style that this game has, I feel like a lot of the gameplay is relatively basic. It's just that you're so kind of, or at least I'm so entranced by, you know, the locations and the worlds being so unique that I'm not really paying attention to how kind of simple the gameplay is, especially with like the platforming stuff. And then what you said earlier about the combat, I totally agree with. I think it's, um, it's not necessarily that it's bad um, or that I hate doing it. It's just that I don't really enjoy it either. It's just kind of a thing where I'm like, oh, I have to kind of go up against all these things now. And it, it never really feels gratifying in any kind of way with the it's combat. my least favorite but, part of the, of the yeah game. I would say I would say it is for me too um, but you know I, I think that again the level design and, and just the imagination around that stuff is, is just so incredible I mean you, you're you're seeing everything from uh, <laughs> levels of like like with teeth all over the place Ugh. to like a psychedelic rock festival so I mean it's just it runs the gamut in some really um, amazing ways that you, you just can't take your eyes off of it Um 
I will say from a story standpoint too, I, I feel like the story is um, not exactly interesting. I think it's it's definitely charming and it has like that that cuteness to it where it's like everybody is just kind of like you know quirky and they all have their little traits to them and it's it's nice. I just think um, I think one of the biggest problems the story has in my personal opinion is that it throws too many characters at you. I don't know if you re- like notice it, but like. There's all your classmates, which all have names and quirks and personalities. Then there's the teachers, right? Sasha and then, you know, whoever. And then there's the, psych- the, the psychic six, which is six people. Then there's the seventh person who's the villain of the game. And then there's your family who pulls up at some point in the game. And there's like seven of those people. And it's just like, I, I, I don't remember any of you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know like four people by name at this point. And, and, and I'm pretty like focused on playing it. So it's just, it feels like overload to me in some ways. I think it's super weird too, because I mean, a lot of these characters, Sasha, um, uh, Mila or Camilla, what's her name? Um, and then her, the family members, they're mm. all from the original game, the first game. But it's been such so it's such a long gap that they, the, the family and this is actually has only been in Raz's story only been three days since the actual ending of the first game. So yeah, you know they throw those characters at you and like you know your sisters there, your your brother, and it's kind of they're talking to you. There's not a big moment where they're reintroduced to you. It's just like, hey, yeah. dad, it's here, and it's like, okay, yeah, I, I remember this vaguely, especially his dad. His dad was a big part of the ending of Psychonauts. Uh, so it just for me, it's one of those things where I didn't really think about that. But yeah, there there are moments where I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's uh, that's my sister, Frazzy, yeah. uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. So I th- I think that's a problem. It, it just it's it's kind of assuming or it's 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 reintroducing people as if you, you remember them, right? And I'm like, no, no I don't yeah. kind of remember them at all. It's it's splitting hairs, obviously. It's not the end of the world. It's just that, you know, it, it kind of takes away from certain um, interactions because I'm like, I'm trying to remember who this person's name, like, who, who are they and, like, what are they like? Do they, are they friends? Do they like me? Do they not? Especially the classmates. Like, I don't know yeah, how they, I'm supposed to feel about any of them at all. Like, they just went from, like, the bullies to... Yeah, oh, hi. I think I think when <laughs> with the with the actual family members and all that stuff, I think eventually as the game progresses, you'll uh, you'll get to know them better and even expand on their uh, already existing kind of uh, story. Um, yeah. So that that will eventually dissipate, I believe. But I think w- one of the things that I, I agree with you on is in terms of the story and actually just kind of the layout of the story itself, where um, uh, signposting is a little bit weird. Um, so hmm. getting into sections where mm. it's like, especially the open section, it's like I know you have to go here. It's somewhere in here. It's no real oh, way of like knowing, yeah. and, and it's a small enough area to where you eventually find it. But I mean, there's a couple of things I need to do here, and I really don't know. I like it took me forever to find my brother again. He's right up front in the parking lot, but I couldn't <laughs> find him because I'm thinking he's in the in the uh, in that one zone. So you know, little mm. things like that. But also the your your um your intern class uh, group. They're there. They're there, obviously, for side missions. They're the side yep. quest givers, and they each of them individually are super interesting within their own kind of personalities. They haven't given me, given me enough to kind of like fall in love with them. But the fact that I have my family, who's also eccentric, that I have these people who are also eccentric, and then also having your teachers and who are also eccentric. Basically, everybody in this world is eccentric. But it, it kind of comes to a certain extent where uh, a certain point in the game where. They almost all feel the same, even though mm-hmm. they aren't the same. Uh, and they yeah. are very personalized. Their voice very well. They're very individual in terms of like their uh, of their motivations. But because of how you're playing the game throughout, it just feels like oh, I'm talking to the classmate rather than I'm talking to 
the one the, the actual I can, yeah i can't even think of yeah, a name right now yeah you know? yeah it's what threw me off initially about the game's length because i'm thinking for you guys to throw that many characters at me maybe this game is long or something because it's going to need time to have me spend time with each of these characters but it's only about i think what i saw it's like it's around 16 to 20 hours yeah if you're taking your time and doing all the side stuff which isn't a long long game so it, it yeah it, it's it's just kind of overload for me on that on that sense but um, but I would agree. I think it's one of the. It's definitely one of the best games to come out. It, it's a su- huge surprise for me personally. I had no interest in this game. It's yep. it purely because it came out on Game Pass. I, I decided to try it out, um, and I'm glad I did. I'm, I'm definitely going to stick with it. I just don't think um, I'm going to kind of no life it because of other stuff that I'm playing. So um, yeah, well, but one of the things great. that one of the things that also kind of resonates with the game itself is. Um, it is a traditional 3D platformer, but it also kind of there, there's open it's an open section to it. It kind of gives me uh, Banjo Kazooie vibes a little bit, um, mm. just because of, of that mm. openness and in, in, in the platforming there. I I just think it's a it's a I don't want to use the word because I'm not there yet. I don't want to use the word special um, because there's there's there are games that we talked about. We talk about every episode about the best game of uh, of all yeah. time of ours, and, and the word "special" is used a lot there. So I can't really call this game specifically special. However, I will say it could be. I think it has all the makings of it because I like this style, I like the Tim Burton esque kind of like a lot of people. And I was telling you this, a lot of people talk about video games that look like a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. When this game looks like uh, like a Tim Burton cartoon movie or like Corpse Bride, that's that's my shit. Like I'm all there because I that's so much more interesting to me than a Pixar movie anyway. From story to yeah. character creation, all that stuff. So I I'm really I'm really into it. Um, I I am going to probably know life most of it. I'm just I'm really in a groove with the game. I'm kind of. It's kind of comfort food for me as well. A lot of stress in life and work and all that stuff. So I kind of sit down and and just... It's like a clever, cute, cute, funny and stuff like that. That's really like uh, appeasing to me right now. So I... It's hitting me at like the perfect time and I'm really enjoying Mm. Psychonauts too. Cool, man. All right. Yeah, so I'm going to keep playing more of it and we'll... uh, You know, if we have any final thoughts, we'll definitely update you listeners in our episodes to come. Um, In the meantime, Pablo, you got some other stuff on your loadouts. Why don't you go ahead and talk through them? Yeah, I, I kind of want to give a final thought on Twelve Minutes. Um, I, okay. I stopped. I stopped playing Twelve Minutes. Uh, I've, I, I got through a lot of it. Um, the thing that I'll say about Twelve Minutes specifically is, it, it's a game that overpromised. It's uh, all of it. You know, mm. from the the twelve minute cycle, the fact that you're in the apartment, the fact that it's like a clicking point adventure, all that stuff. It does decent enough, and twelve minute cycle is you know it's fine. But there are there are themes in this game that are supposed to shock you and awe you, and they shock in awe, absolutely. But they don't ever feel deserved. They never mm. feel like they built to it. They never made me feel like they are doing this. And it's the it's, it doesn't even have to be a natural progression to get there. But in terms of like the 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 setup of, of the world, of the characters, of the seriousness of the story, I just never felt these things that they come to the end of it that even it feels earned and also it feels like they 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 threw in curveballs just to throw them in it it's never so is it is it like shock value i think they use i think they use human i think they are manipulative they manipulate human emotion in the game itself Uh. and not and not not so much as a, a a a like a heartstrings the pulling heartstrings more of a like you're appalled you know, like a shock, a, a, something that happens, you're like, 
What? Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I read, I read what what happened. Okay, and it, it now doesn't, it makes sense. It, yeah, and it doesn't feel like okay. Why? First of all, why? And second, <laughs> why? And three, it doesn't make, it doesn't make anything interesting. It just makes it gross. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, yeah. So I think I think you know the ideas were there. I think my man was kind of feeling himself a little bit with the story, and and, and it just uh, ultimately for me, it's it's very disappointing. Um, yeah. I enjoyed I enjoyed a lot of it uh, until a certain point, uh, but I think for me, I think if at the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if this made it into a disappointing category because it mm. is it, it had a lot of hype behind it. You know, we, we talked personally. You and I talked uh, off the show many times about the game. Every time it was shown, we were pretty excited for what the game could be. Um, but you know, yeah, I would, yeah. Let's just say it's twenty dollars. I think it's on Game Pass. It's twenty dollars, if I'm not mistaken, or twenty four dollars. Mm-hmm. I would have been mad as hell if I bought this motherfucker. Yeah, I would have been tight. Yeah, I would have so, been tight. <laughs> uh, you know, and I buy a lot of shit. You know, I bought uh, I bought a Captain Subasa. It's a kid. Man, and let me tell you about the Starfield Battle for Atlas. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's not Starfield. Star, Star, Starlink. Oh, yeah, Starlink. Star, I'm blurring games together now. <laughs> That's I, Pablo's game come true right there. <laughs> hey, man. I, I kind of... I was like, wait, is that a game? Starfield Battle for Atlas. No. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I never came back to 12 minutes. Um, you know, I, 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 my opinion of the game didn't really change since the last time we talked about it. It was more a case of just like... I was just morbidly curious to see what was going to happen, you know, when you when you figure it all out and what the revelations of the plot are. And once once I read what they were, I'm like, ugh, <laughs> like um, nah. the word the word David Cage or the name David Cage comes to mm. mind. Boy, yeah, he was really a- trying. He was really trying. Like, it's like they don't <laughs> you don't understand how humans work, and that's my problem with 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 like David Cage and writers like this where. They want to make this gritty, realistic game and kind of evoke emotion. And then the characters, I, I mean, it don't ever feel like humans. That's why you make. <clears throat> All right. I mean, I, I'm going to throw Kojima in there a little bit. Oh, no. Uh, but, with Death but, Stranding. But, Ko, but the thing with Kojima is he creates a world where these characters exist. With, uh, with David Cage, they're supposed to exist in our world. You know, hmm. besides Fahrenheit, the, the first game he did. But, like, they're... they're it's supposed to be a a one to one comparison to human emotion. You're supposed to see humans. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, in Kojima, <clears throat> man, none of those people are human. <laughs> They're all aliens. Is it? The, the Kojima universe is gonna one day gonna back out, and it's gonna be like, oh, this whole ga- all Kojima's game took place on Mars or some crazy shit, <laughs> and they're all aliens. Oh man! But you're right. Uh, Kojima doesn't know how to write uh, dialogue that well. Oh no. No, no, no. But he did do a great job at Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. I think you got some opinions on that, Yeah, right? man. Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater. I mean, it, it, it'll show up eventually on my top 10 games of all time. Just a little teaser out there. Mm. Uh, I, I know Marco played replayed uh, this and, and 2, and I think he... Did you like 3 more than 2 before, or was that never no. the case? Okay. No. So, I always thought I always thought it was uh, like, like, like neck and neck, pretty much. Yeah. But after coming back to them recently, I kind of realized 2 is... is yeah, my preferred yeah. one. I think I, I think you're wrong. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, Listen, we argued for about a solid hour and a half yeah, <laughs> about that I, offline, but yeah. but I but I still think that I still think they're neck and neck. Um, especially after replaying Metal Gear Solid Two, I think that um, you know there's there's two different kinds of Metal Gear, um, and I think the more traditional Metal Gear 
lies in two and three being a lot more closer in kind of dna with five where you know a lot of outside environments uh, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of extracurricular activities involved other than just the straight up sneak here point a point b cutscene point a point which you know that's it works for for metal gear uh but for metal gear, metal gear solid 3 which uh i'm still playing i got a little sidetracked with psychonauts uh but i'm, I'm dying to go back to it it's still bay it's still uh, number one in my heart. Uh, it, it's it's I like it because it's a story grounded in less fantastical governmental absurdities, just kind of slightly less. Where it's not more like with, with two with, with the whole patriots thing and and wherever that leads. The problem with two is that it sets up this story that is only good in that context, and then you can see how it's not great with four. You know what I mean? How the continuation of that it could only go that way. With with three, I just felt. I treat it as a more contained game that obviously has has you know implications throughout though it's the first game you know it's, right yeah it's but because it is the basis of of all Metal Gear games you could get away with a lot there and and I really do uh, I do like the I know this is kind of a, a, a something that you kind of don't like about it I like the the James Bond crime nor thing to it i really enjoy that quite a bit and for me ultimately with, with the boss fight at the end the end fight still being great um i i and i seeing ocelot you know the beginning of ocelot the beginning of big mama uh, all these great characters coming uh you know you're seeing the inception of that and being that you love the series that i love the series seeing that always was was a kick and seeing it again now a couple of years after playing it i think the 3ds the last time i played it i it still fucking hits it's still great. It's still, you know, big boss. Mm. You know, all the good, all the good stuff, stuff that, and maybe it's because you're so deprived from four and five after that that you come yeah. back to three and two really, and you're like, this is this is like home cooking right here. So <laughs> I, it, I'm, 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 I'm loving three uh, for everything right. that it is and everything that it isn't. Cool, man. Uh, so to wrap up my side of the loadouts, of course, we've uh, been playing a lot of Psychonauts too, but along with that. Um, I, uh, you know, in my retro uh, phase that I'm in right now, I, I got a chance to finally play a game that, that eluded me um, back when it first came out, uh, which is The Warriors. Um, so playing that... Warriors! Oh, man. Um, I don't know what it was that made me not want to play it back in the, in the day. I don't know if I was just kind of out of gas with Rockstar because they were... You know, they were on quite a roll for a while there with, like, Manhunt and Bully and, of course, Grand Theft Autos and stuff like that. I mean, they, they were kind of, you know, clicking on all cylinders back then. So I, I think maybe I just skipped it out of sheer exhaustion um, or just because I, I figured I didn't watch the movie, so why would I play the game? It, it's um, a weird, it was a weird choice for them because it's, yeah. it's a licensed product. Yeah, and so it, it's especially curious coming back to it all this time later because... Now I see why. Like I, I still haven't watched the film yet, and I probably will after I finish playing the game, just to sure. kind of see um, how how it all kind of you know lines up. But um, it's a it's a surprisingly um, perfect Rockstar like friend like IP to to go after. Um, you know, basically you're playing as a gang called the Warriors, uh, and it's it's in the late '70s, so it's at a time like in in the Coney Island area where there's a lot of different gangs out there. Um, that are all just kind of, you know, jockeying for territory. Um, and, you know, it gets ugly, it's violent, and the Warriors are kind of the, the newer gang on the block, if you will. And so um, they've got some enemies with some bad blood pretty much all over the place. And so most of the game, at least from what I've played so far, is, is just them kind of, 
of asserting their dominance, um, retaliating against other rival gangs that are trying to do shit to throw them off or screw them over. Um, and it's been really, really good. Uh, it, it's 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 more of a of, of a brawler than I thought it would be. Um, it's uh, it, it's I mean it's pretty much the meat and potatoes of the gameplay for the most part. Um, it's not open world. It's like a contained area uh, for like Coney Island and different uh, locales. It, there's nothing extravagant about the design of, of those uh, areas either, uh, especially all these years later. But the the combat itself is actually pretty pretty brilliant in some ways for its time. Um, it feels like a big gang brawl going down, so it is pretty cool in that sense of like, oh shit, it's it's going down out here. Mm-hmm. So it gets really chaotic. Um, you know, it, and you know, of course, in those moments, the camera can be a little wonky and yeah. the controls can be a little off because of just the product of its time. But um, it, it's a blast, and there's there's a, there's a surprising amount of depth to the combat. Um, and then, of course, from the story side, you have this feeling of brotherhood and camaraderie coming together. You're learning all these these uh, you know these characters and their nuances and what makes this gang you know work so well together because of all these different types of people in it um so it's just dope man i'm i'm, I'm actually really really enjoying it and i i regret not having gone back to it i it was very well reviewed back in the day i have no clue why that didn't matter to me back then um, i think but yeah. i think the reasoning is that it's because in 2005 when they when any developer released a licensed product it was trash that was just the, the thought process behind it. That's it, true. It was That's just true. trash. And so I, I remember playing this later, uh, but when it came out, I, I, zero interest in this game. And that's because of that. It's like a, a licensed product on a 1970s movie that, yeah. you know, for, for all intents and purposes, isn't exactly a, a, a very popular movie either. You know, I mean, no, it, cult classic it, to the T. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a weird choice, you think. But it works so well within yeah. the video game. You know, it's, I can see perfect. why they saw that and were like, oh, this works really well. Yeah, absolutely. So having a blast with that. And the last game in my loadout is actually Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. So I have no spine. Uh, none whatsoever. It's gone. Uh, I, I, I was I was <laughs> sure I was going to skip this and not, not touch it at all because... I'm trying not to go down the director's cut rabbit hole too much. We, we talked about that with like, you know, kind of why the next gen has been kind of trash so far, but I just caught myself in a moment where, um, you know, I, I was, I was in the, a weird space after playing Psychonauts 2 and kind of coming to some of the realizations that we talked about earlier. And I'm like, I, I just kind of want something that's, that's more realistic, I guess, you know, give me a bombastic story with great combat. Like, and I'm, I'm like, well, Ghost of Tsushima is only 30 bucks to upgrade. So I did that in like a two-minute thought process. So, and, um, uh, and the story you haven't gotten to the to Iki Island yet. I have not. No, I, I I've only gotten the chance to get through the uh, the initial prologue. I actually got it uh, the night before this recording. So I, oh, I so you're really restarting it from it. the from the beginning. Yep, went back to oh, the okay. scratch. To the scratch. Um, so yeah, I mean, I will say, um, you know, the game already looked incredible on PS4. So. I wouldn't say that the leap in in visual fidelity in terms of resolution is going to be like leaps and bounds different. Um, but what I will say is that the frame rate um, being 60 frames, or I guess they say targeting 60, but I haven't really noticed any drops so far. It, it is a really, really special um, change for this game because when you think about just the motion of the game and the way that, you know, the, the, the grass and, and the trees kind of sway and move and the wind and all that stuff, um, it, it really brings out even more of the beauty of, of this world um, in a really special way. So I, I'm it's kind of eye candy for me all over again in that way. So... Um, yeah, you know, I, it's just been interesting to come back to, though. 
one of the things uh, when talking about these director's cuts that is kind of pretty evident to me, if not more now than than before, is the fact that graphical output, the graphical fidelity in terms of the next generation of consoles, there's not going to be this massive uh, leap. It's not going to be leaps and bounds better than, than it was on PS4 Pro or Xbox yeah. One X because we've reached kind of a, a point in, in that technology where we've pretty much plateaued. I mean, there's, yeah. it's going to get better, sure, uh, but it's going to be one of those death by a thousand cuts where you're not really going to notice until you get to like the end, the last cycle of PlayStation Five, and then you play the beginning of PS Five PS Five launch game. And you're like, oh shit, it's going to be one of those things. It, it, because ultimately, for me, when you talk about what makes next generation great, and that's the fact that you can play these games at a high resolution at a high frame rate, uh, and you know these director cuts are offering that uh so it's it's really you know it's really it's really cool to see a game like ghost of tsushima looking even better uh on next generation and yeah you know yeah and, and i think to your point that that's kind of why you know you see you know versions like this especially what they're doing with this game probably death stranding is is giving more function you know adding more functionality around just the visuals like enhancing the 3d audio um, making it even better, which it is really, really good in this game. Um, you know, in this game also they, they have um, lip synced Japanese yes. dialogue, which is I think currently bugged right now. Um, the opening cutscene of the game still looks like it's showing with like English lip syncing, but when you get past that, it, it, it goes back to you know I guess normal. But it doesn't look the, still doesn't look the greatest. Um, so that's probably my only knock against it so far. All the the rumble stuff, the the, the haptic feedback and the triggers or whatever. Uh, I really love that stuff. I'm sure it would drive you nuts, but it, it's um, I like it, it, it's, <laughs> I like it. It's just it just it gets. It, to me, for me, it just it's too much sometimes. Yeah, I mean, and I think you'll probably feel the same way with this game because I think like I love it because they they do it kind of cleverly. Like when he takes the sword out, when he unsheaths the sword, and and you know like you can hear like a hum of like yeah. the sword kind of like like wobbly a little bit, but your your controller feels like that hum sensation too. It's hard to describe. Yeah, I know um, what you mean. It is a low vibration. Yeah, 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 and it does that really really well. So stuff Can't like wait that, to I turn that off. really enjoy. <laughs> Listen, listen. There's a, there's a. Um, I'm actually really excited to kind of play this game in black and white, in the in Kurosawa. Ja- yeah, the Kurosawa, uh, and with the Japanese lip sync. I'm really kind of, but I'm not gonna start over. I, I'm just gonna upload my and go right into into Iki Island because I don't. What I will say about that though is is because it's now 60 frames, the Kurosawa mode looks a little weird because it okay. looks too it looks too smooth for it being like old fashioned kind of yeah. like film type of thing so it yeah. doesn't work as well as it did when it was 30 frames so it, it, that's the only knock against going up to 60 I wish they would have like given us an that's option to toggle it a little bit well, um, but yeah, I'll try to see that, but yeah, yeah. Um, also there's I, I read something that there's a hidden feature in the menus where it's not hidden there's just nobody's talking about it. the lock on yeah 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 I, I, I turned it on um, which was the thing I, I always talked about how, that game but does it work well uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the only the only weird part about it is you have to press up on the D pad to do it oh, um, no instead thanks. of clicking. Yeah, so it, it's basically it's the same button as you do for the standoffs. So it, it's the only real free button that, that they actually have to work with um, to use it for. So I get it from from a mapping standpoint. Yeah, um, and I got used to it after about like thirty minutes of using it. I, I think it does make the game um, more manageable because you know later on in the game when you're kind of getting swarmed, it it did get a little. 
wonky at times. But at the same time, I did appreciate the way that it it, it forced you to kind of be more aware of your yeah. surroundings and rely on your skill more. So I don't think it's going to be something I'm going to lean on every single battle, but it is a nice to have whenever I want to use it. So because they said that the whole that they would never put it in the game because that the whole kind of vibe of the game itself and, and the fighting yeah. all kind of went together and it was it, w- it would have felt like cheating. So the fact that they put that in there and didn't say anything is it's, it's funny. It's interesting. <laughs> uh, they're like, we're yeah. never going to put it in and they, maybe we will. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. other than that, man, I'm really loving it. It's it's uh, It does feel like a fresh experience kind of playing it in, in Japanese now uh, now that the, the lip syncing is better. Uh, so yeah, I'm loving it, man. I'll, I'll, I'll update you guys on the uh, on the pod once I get to uh, Iki Island. Um so uh, yeah, but that's what I'm playing. So why don't we go ahead and move on, man? Let's get to the booty juice, and um, you know I'm gonna let this one go to you first, uh, since yours is is kind of dealing with uh, you know a, a, kind of a, a touchy subject, I guess, in in the world yeah. of Fortnite. So why don't you kind of talk through what you got and, and tell us what's going on? Yeah, I mean, um, just to kind of give a brief overview, uh, Martin Luther Martin Luther King <laughs> yeah. is in Fortnite. Um, it doesn't sound all right. They, it's it's he's not holding a gun, you know. No. He's not in the in the proper in the main kind of thing. But what what I did is I wrote something down because this is a very uh, serious issue, and I don't want to mince words, and I don't want to get lost in my in my kind of mindscape, and then just kind of veer off. So I I, I wrote <laughs> something down, and because I, I kind of want to get a point across specifically, um, and I and I and I want to go ahead and read that exactly what I wrote. Yeah, you uh, That's yeah. It. So. So the thought process behind this, the value of doing this, I get it. The fact that this exists isn't racist or even a political hijacking of Fortnite. Equality and the continued effort to eliminate racism is not political. But my issue is that Fortnite isn't the platform for this. They are not a game interested in educating gamers on social issues. They just want you to buy the Wolverine skin. Additionally, they'll never really had they never really had a moment within the last few years where they've stood in any particular place where it came to social issues. They never pretended or intended to have a voice in that space. Why do to do this now? It just seems weird and out of place. And I'm and I am a minority, but I am not a black man. And I, and though I've seen my share of racism directed at me, I would never pretend to speak for any for for or on behalf of any black community in America and have a or have opinions on their struggles. It's different. But what I do want to say is that this feels like Epic is patting themselves on the back, trying to come across as righteous without properly really giving context on what MLK means to America and why he is one of the most important figures in our nation's history. MLK said, hate begets hate, violence begets violence, toughness begets a greater toughness. We must beat the forces of hate with the power of love. And while Fortnite isn't a gritty violent game, it is however still a game about violence. There's no correlation between him and Fortnite and seeing as seeing a bunch of people do Gundam style dances while MLK speaks about the about the dream that has sadly not been completely fulfilled again just feels wrong but my biggest gripe is the fact that Epic did this and didn't really care about the vitriol and horrible racism that would follow on social media they spent millions of dollars I'm sure with companies that will help them go viral and have a presence online but seemingly ignored the fact that their social media would become a cesspool of hate and racism in an attempt for righteous indignation it's kind of and I kind of wanted to, to, to get that point across because even when you look at what it is, it is it is bare bones. It's not even a well done thing. And, and people can say, I appreciate that it's there. That's fine. And and I can I can get behind that mindset. But it's not even done well. You, you, you get right. into the spot uh, and, and you know, the Time Magazine cover zooms in, you're in there. And then it's just this kind of really plain looking thing where you can walk up to a small television on the top of the Washington Monument playing uh, Martin Luther King's uh, I Have a Dream speech. That's it. 
Uh, and 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 yeah, sure. That just because that is it. Why is it such a big deal? And why are people up in arms about it? It's because again of everything that I said. This isn't the platform for this. This isn't the the place to do this. And it really doesn't bring anything educational to the forefront and at all. You yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it, it that part right there, because it, it's just it, there's there's got to be an intention behind this stuff. One of the one of the things that I that I said to you is like, what's the bottom line of this? What are they trying to achieve here other than just kind of spreading the message about Martin Luther King? Like, what what's the end goal here? What are they doing to support? black people and black lives matter or or anything along those lines beyond just doing something like this in Fortnite you know like epic prints money <laughs> for yeah. Fortnite right so i would have been much more like excited to hear hey we're going to be donating such and such amount of money to this cause or this charity um you know to support uh, blah blah you know whatever it could have been um, as opposed to doing something like this, and and I and I get what a lot of people are going to say is like, well, I mean, at least they're doing something, and 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 that on the surface you would think that that's okay, that's a fair point, but again, if there's really no rhyme or reason behind it, it just kind of yeah. feels aimless, and it's not really achieving anything, and I think that's that's the biggest um, detriment to all of this is you want something like this if you're going to go this far. Then do something impactful with it. Do something more than this. You've put more thought and time and energy and design into a Travis Scott concert than you did with this. You yes. know what I mean? Like you went, took people down this whole psychedelic thing that, you know, Travis Astro World, oh, so cool. And then you get to Martin Luther King of all people and then you, you, you show people, of, you know, two water fountains. You know, <laughs> it's like, no, man, this is not enough. So I just, I, I think that they're going to have to really reevaluate doing stuff like this again in the future i i personally don't want to see more of it um not because i don't want to see you know um folks like martin luther king celebrated because they absolutely deserve to be um but there just needs to be intention behind it and i just didn't feel like there was any this time and if you're gonna do it fucking do it you know like you said like put the effort behind it like you did with everything else this is so this is yeah. like so put together in, in, in seemingly a day i mean i don't know how the shit works but that's what it feels like to me yeah and and, and then even the, the the irony of this company like yeah we support martin luther king was a was staunchly against capitalism to begin with and then you, you're Ooh, gonna have yeah. you're gonna have this this in this corporation just out there like martin luther king's our friend like you know <laughs> yeah. look just because you have a platform doesn't mean you got to say some shit. It doesn't. Mm. Look, look at Kanye. Kanye. Kanye didn't shut the fuck up. He got a platform, but he don't need to talk. But he doesn't shut up. And it's like that. You have this. They're not saying anything with this shit. They really aren't. Except we know Martin Luther King is this. Like, that's, I mean, they're not telling me anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think all this is for educational purposes. Okay, then fucking do it. You know you have, you have all the kids' eyes on this. Then actually educate them. You know? Don't put a Twitter post out there and say, we're glad to bring you this, and then it's nothing. And then you got, and if you're gonna, do be respectful, shut everything off. I don't wanna see people doing like the Carlton. Like, I mean, Fam. it's so stupid. Yeah, like, dude. It's yeah, like, dumb. Seeing Wolverine running around and teabagging and stuff, like, what What are we doing here? What is yeah. this? And then you got, and then you got, and then the thing that I mentioned at the end of, the, of that thought was people going online. And showing out the the racist flag because that's what they do, or people being like, "Oh, the woke culture is is hard. you know." They knew this was going to happen. Of course, they did, and they thought oh, yeah. that that was they thought that that was worth this little piece of thing that they did. 
this 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 nothing this nothing monument to a great american hero we're just going to go ahead and 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 take the the, the negative with that which is going to be a cesspool of absolute fucking racism and that's uh, okay because that's just the way things work yeah terrible 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 not good fortnite do better please um or don't do anything at all yeah just don't yeah. just or that no. Or just just keep just keep being Fortnite and keep making your money. Yeah, Go get Post Malone to do something for you again. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, <laughs> I'll say it again. If you want to do this, fucking do it. Put the effort into it. I, I like Marco. Very, it's a great point. That I didn't even think about that. All the effort they put into Travis Scott and everything else that they do with their events, all that shit that people are losing their mind over. Nothing. Nah. Nothing for MLK. If that's what they, if that's what they wanted to do. Well, it is what it is. Yeah. All right, man. So, um, great, great booty juice, man. Great, great one. Um, mine is is uh, is more about the um, our, our our Twitterverse, our social media world, our gaming community at large. Um, because you know, with, with every new expo, every new uh, direct or state of play or, or Xbox showcase. Um, I think that this problem is getting worse, and, and the way that I describe it is the triggered, entitled, and mostly unrealistic reactions and expectations that people have about these events and showcases. Uh, and, and of course, as we're going to talk about Gamescom in a little while here, um, this was another one of those times where, once again, expectations versus reality was completely out of control, and um, the toxicity meter was just... Just, just at a fucking high uh, over the last uh, couple days this week, you know. And I think I think it started kind of with like Halo Infinite and and just you know what happened at the Xbox stream where you know it, they didn't reveal the release date or any new information at that particular event, and so that sent the internet down this you know oh my god and you know that plus you know um, it was the end of the world. Yeah, it was the end of the world, and then, you know, when you add on the fact that there was a lot of fluff during the Xbox stream, a lot of sit-down conversations with developers and, and, and so on, um, you know, the reactions just got kind of ridiculous. So let me let me just kind of say this, and, and I'll, I'll bounce this over to you. I think that it's okay to say, hey, this event was mostly fluff, and I think that company X, Y, or Z could have done better. It's okay to be to, to, to say that stuff. But I think what people have to understand is that this is not 2008. This is not 2009, 2010, where marketing is in a very different space um, like it was back then. Because these companies, whether they're developers, publishers, or console makers, do not need these events as much as people still like to think they do. And what I mean by that is they don't have to wait and, and unload the clip, so to speak, um, for these expos or events. They don't have to do that anymore. We're in an era now where social media is the best way to circulate news. A tweet is just as impactful and reaches just as many, if not more, people than an expo's uh, press conference or, or presser does or briefing does, whatever they call it. Um, it's just that kind of world now. So whether Halo's release date was covered during Gamescom or not is is it's fully at the discretion of 
343 and Microsoft. It didn't have to be at Gamescom if they didn't want it to be at Gamescom. And and in the long run, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Looking, you know, a year from now, we're not going to go, hey, man, Halo Infinite was a great game, but man, they should have, you know, announced that release date at Gamescom if they didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not the way it's going to be. So I think that people are just um, overly... overly armchair analyzing and overreacting to what they're not seeing or hearing. Like, man, as soon as the stream kicked off, and I think I said this to you, they showed, uh, and we'll talk about it in more detail, they showed Dying Light 2 Stay Human. And I was watching it on YouTube, and I saw like the live chat, which I usually always disable, but this time I didn't. And as soon as they started showing that game, all you saw was just this swarm of L's going completely down the chat. And I'm like, what the... this looks kind of cool. <laughs> like, what's wrong? Else, like, but it, cringe. Because, but because it wasn't Halo, or because it wasn't Fable, because it wasn't Perfect Dark, because it wasn't Gear Six, or whatever outlandish expectation somebody had, it's an automatic L. And that kind of thing is is just it's it's fucking irritating. Because, like I said in the beginning of this, it's okay to say, hey, that 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 briefing or conference kind of fell short of my expectations. It was too fluffy. It was unnecessary. But it's 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 a difference between that and then going completely overboard with calling everything an L just because it's not what you were looking forward to seeing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just think it's a different time and people need to realize marketing works differently now. Uh, expos are optional. Expos do not have to be jam-packed with what you want to see. Um, it can be whatever Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo wants to be wants it, wants them to be for better or for worse. And we just kind of have to get used to that and be okay with it because that's what gaming in 2021 is now. Um, so I, I want to get your thoughts on this before we uh, we, we move on. But uh, what are you thinking? I, I think the most frustrating thing is uh, you know a lot of companies try to get ahead of it. And set expectations and say no new release, no new reveals, no new this, no new that, and then they go into the they You're go right. into the into the the conference and they show none. And they, they they stick to their yeah. warning, and the people lose their mind. You know it's why? Like, I'm sorry to cut you off again, but it's because of that one more thing tease. Yeah, everyone yeah. wants that one more thing at the end of the conference, and yeah. when it doesn't happen and, and the, the the event ends, else, else, else. Uh, oh, come it, on, it's it, it's and like you said, it. it this is not a necessity anymore. Like they could have this. Truthfully, Xbox stream. I didn't like it. It, shot, it probably should have been a tweet. Yeah. You know. But who cares? It it it's a thing that exists that existed, and you didn't have to watch it. It's it's simple. It's as simple as that. And and ultimately, for me, this is just more of an indication of man of where we are right now as people uh, <laughs> because it, it is. It is wild for me to tell you, by the way, I'm coming over and I'm not bringing beer. And then I come over and I don't bring beer and you lose your mind. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's a ridiculous. It, they're telling you up front. So are you saying they're all be. alcoholics? You're saying yeah, all probably. alcoholics. Okay. Yeah, probably. <laughs> which, is, which is interesting because Jeff Keighley actually was downplaying games uh, opening night live. Mm-hmm. And opening live live was kind of dope. Yeah. And he was down by he goes, hey, you know, guys, and I think that's probably what's going to have to start happening now where these people are going to not have to only set expectation, but also lie because, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's the best way of kind of circumventing this fucking triggered, uh, unrealistic 
people expect expecting just what they they set their own expectations. Yeah. You don't meet those expectations, then they get mad at you. Well, and the other thing is 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 people don't realize this is also Gamescom. This is not E3. So they don't you know yeah. what appeals to that. To, to this uh, the European audience is not what appeals to you and even if it was um, you know, people still have a tendency of, of uh, projecting what they expect or what they what they like onto an event because so just because you know and look I don't care at all about CFTs and we're not going to even talk about that in the in, in the in the checkpoint chat but I, I understand and respect the fact that there are people that that are like thrilled about mm-hmm what's coming to that game same for destiny 2 i have no interest in destiny 2 i don't think you really do either other than just nope. like a, oh let me see what they're up to kind of thing i like to loosely. i like to stay up to date that way i know what i'm talking about when i shit on justin and alex oh while they play it oh man <laughs> see i've been pissing them off all these time, all these episodes i'm glad you took a little little heat off of me uh but oh, i did yeah. talk shit about mata though so who knows um but but <laughs> <laughs> um but you know I, but but I have to, to put myself to the side. I can't go in and say L because I see Sea of Thieves or, or Microsoft Flight Simulator or whatever the fuck. Like, it's well, just you can not, say, it's not for me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know, and, and, and then just kind of like a side thing to this. Also, just people losing their mind over certain things like Halo not launching with forge and co-op and they were and it's, oh this game is ruined nobody's going to buy it this is a failure day yeah, one it's it's it, yeah it, and there's a lot of the console war fanboyism that's that's yeah. playing a huge part of that stuff too there's there's but also but also sensationalizing xbox fans, but also xbox fans are really like delay the whole thing like that's like what's happening no no uh, i don't uh, no uh, no <laughs> yeah i mean we talked about that last episode it's it's triggered. like yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So Morons. I just think people need to settle down and and realize it's not all about what you expect to see and what you think is best for these companies or developers to show off because you know it, it's it's all on their time and you know if you want people to stop showing you shit that's gonna look different in reality, um, you know with like vertical slices or CG trailers, then then stop you know pressuring these companies to to do shit. Um, yeah. Because but that's you know, always going to be that vicious cycle where yeah. we want gameplay. They show gameplay. Oh, this looks uh, you know we're oh, not they wild. They showed, they showed they it show too CGI. soon. They, they showed it yeah. too soon. <laughs> well, yeah. because you wouldn't shut the fuck up about where it was. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I, it, it's just kind of insane. But um, why don't we go ahead and jump right in though to the, to the checkpoint chat uh, and talk about Gamescom 2021. Uh, so, um, you know, like we said earlier, uh, we're not going to talk about everything that was shown because a lot of it doesn't appeal to us. We don't have much of a, of a take on, on some of these things. So we're just going to talk about some of the highlights according to your boys at the Cooldown Time Podcast. So, um, Pablo, let's start with the Xbox stream since we're kind of on that subject now. Let's, um, and let's kick things off with uh, what they kicked off with, which is Dying Light 2, Stay Human. Um, still appears to be coming out in December, uh, so that's that's good news. Shocker. I'm glad that there's no delays at this point. I'm still a little nervous about that, though. A couple of days um, after or before Halo? Uh, I think, I think it's, it's a couple, couple days. days. Yeah, it's a couple of days, I think, before, if I'm not, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, but they showed uh, a new gameplay trailer and talked about some of the new gameplay additions. And I got to say, man, this looks pretty fucking good. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't love uh, the first Dying Light. To me, I just couldn't get a good... Um, and I think it was honestly because of the performance on, on um, PS4 and Xbox One. Like The, the base consoles was kind of bad. 
Um, but I'm actually really interested to see what they do here with uh, you know the gameplay. Now that I saw some of the new add-ons, um, like the, the the kick, like the jump vault on on people, yeah, uh, seemed kind of cool, and that could open up some new um, opportunities with kind of moving and attacking. Um, but I I think it looks really great, and I'm kind of. Um, it's kind of back on my radar again, to be honest. I was a little iffy about it before, but this this trailer hit me kind of in a positive way, so I'm looking forward to it again. How do you feel? Yeah, I really liked the first game. I thought the Light one was really cool. I liked the whole mm. parkour thing. Uh, really worked well with it. They really did a good job with first-person parkour uh, in the first game, and so it looks like they, they they're uh, upping the the added here with with Dying Light too. It looks like it's really. Uh, They've really taken that premise and really have kind of expanded it to, to just do so much more. And I'm really excited about that. One thing that is um, weird, and correct me if I'm wrong, I might have missed it. When Dying Light 2 was first announced, all this gameplay stuff is, is coming to light now. They really didn't talk much about it. What they did talk about, however, was the story and how certain actions that you do in the game will change the entire landscape of the game itself, including areas where you'll never, where you could flood, or it was a thing about flooding or keep maintaining something. And if you flooded out the area, you can, uh, you would. Uh, uh, eliminate a whole section of the game. Yeah, and they haven't really talked about that at all. Um, so I, I wonder. I, I think they did when they re-revealed it. They did talk about that stuff again. Yeah, um, they, but it doesn't sound on, like it's as much of a focal point in their marketing anymore. So it is, is a little weird. Yeah, which is two things because a lot of people were saying that it's very that was very ambitious, and that was one of the things rumored was that was one of the issues with the game itself was yeah that mechanic wasn't working like they wanted i i wonder how much of that is still in the game itself uh if at all since they're not talking about it yeah. the game's a couple of months away uh or if they're doing what a lot of companies started doing lately is really showing gameplay a lot closer to release um mm-hmm. so i mean i mean story uh, a lot closer to release so we shall see if that's a big part of it. I thought that was super interesting. Kind of added a new wrinkle in Dying Light. Even though I love Dying Light 2 uh, quite a bit, it, the story was not great. I never you, finished the, it. You mean the first one? The first one, yeah. The first, oh, okay. the first Yeah, I never finished it uh, specifically because the story was just not great. Yeah, and same. once you get through kind of everything, it's like, all right, this is. I get what we're doing here. So to have a mechanic like that and, and, and possibly focusing uh, on the story a little more, that that was really interesting to me. So I'm still I'm still about the game. We'll see how it, it pans out. Yeah, I, weirdly enough, I think the key for me is going to be. This is going to sound really really minor, but it's going to be hoping that they have like a field of view option in the menus to kind of blow things up a little bit. Because one of the issues I had with the first one is that I, I'm not good with with first person melee. I, for some reason, it just never feels good. But the field of view in the in the uh, the original game on consoles was really tight. Yeah. So you felt very boxed in and you couldn't really get a good view of a lot. So a lot of the moves you're doing just didn't feel like they were connecting well or that I had enough of an awareness of, of kind of how ganged up I was getting. So I'm hoping that stuff like that, with, especially with the new hardware, um, allowing for a little bit more of that, hopefully yeah. an option like that, uh, would be really helpful for me because um, otherwise it's going to be a bit of a challenge to, to want to keep fighting through that stuff. But uh, we'll see. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it and I'm definitely going to um, pick it up if it, if it gets reviewed well um but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how it goes um up next on our highlights of the xbox stream um we get an update on xbox cloud gaming um and find out that it is coming to consoles uh this holiday season 
So pretty exciting. Uh, it's going to obviously be you know compatible with um, you know Series X and S, but it's also going to be working with Gen 8 consoles, which I think is really kind of awesome. Uh, it, I guess it was somewhat to be expected because of just the yeah. you know the way it's built out. Um, why would it not work? But um, it is pretty fascinating that they are you know um, I guess that they're getting started on this so so soon. Um, it, it does. I'm sure it's going to spark a lot of conversations about like, is this the last traditional console from Xbox? Uh, and 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 honestly, who knows? Um, have you actually tr- have you actually tried uh, cloud gaming at all? Yeah, I tried what, it on for um, the Xbox One specifically. My bad. Yeah, I tried on the oh on the next last gen Xbox or no, uh, just in, ge- uh, in general. On yeah, your, yeah, 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 yeah. On the la- on laptop, mm. I tried it on. I have a I have a touchpad. Um, Oh, okay. And I, yeah, it works good. It okay. works good. I mean, I, I think it works as, as good as you expect it to, warts and all. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I like the fact that they're they're going forward with this, and and I think, uh, the reason they're starting so early is to iron out the kinks, make sure that they know what works, what doesn't work. Uh, if the future of their entire consoles is going to be streaming mm-hmm. or something like that or, or it's going to be at the very least a very important part of it i think that they i think it's smart of them to really get this out very early and uh you know and get us involved and watch it progress and you know whether it works or it doesn't work we'll find out here in the next couple of years and they can move on with however whatever data points that they they kind of collect from from this wide looks like a pretty interesting experiment so yeah uh I don't. I don't think. You know. I don't think it's the future of gaming yet because of you know we live in a pretty good area. No ca- no caps, uh, data caps yeah. or anything like that. Um, but that's not the case for a lot of people. Uh, and so to kind of uh, dilute your product to a to to a specific group of people uh, just seems super weird to me. Um, so we'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, yeah, if anything, it's a nice option to have. It's it's uh, yeah. it's not like a stadia where it's it's everything they're hanging their hat on. You know, it's just a nice yeah. little bonus if you're looking for something like that. Cool, man. Um, so a game that I know you're pretty interested in, and I'm 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 intrigued about because of the developer. Um, yeah. We had a new trailer for the Gunk, um, which we've been kind of it's 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 one of those MIA games uh, for a little while. So it's been nice to see that resurface again. Um, and so we got a new trailer and we got a confirmation that it is coming out in December. So that is kind of exciting. Um, you know, I think for me, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm, I might sound like an idiot if I say this, but these are the same people that make SteamWorld, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm automatically intrigued just from that alone. SteamWorld Dig 1 and 2 are two of my favorite games ever made. Uh, hands down, man's down. So this yeah. is going to be... Uh, this is going to be a pretty cool one to come and try out uh, when it when it launches because it is a nice change of pace for them, um, you know, moving away from the 2D stuff and getting into the 3D space. I don't know if I'm sold on the gameplay just yet. Um, if it's just going to be if, if the vacuumy gunky stuff is its only gimmick, then I'm a little worried about what else it's going to bring to the table. Um, but I am definitely going to try it out, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, my excitement about the Gunk Two is solely on the fact that they made SteamWorld Dig Two. Yeah, um, it, it's it's super uh, talented uh, development group that did a really good thing with a two D platforming kind of what would you call that? Like, uh, oh boy, it, good, it's, you know, it's a weird one because it was like the you know the digging stuff made it really interesting. Yeah, yeah but which yeah. which 
this feels kind of like a progression to that because you know instead of digging you're eliminating the, you know the black stuff away so you're probably going to start opening up areas that were uh, previously not available to you so on and so forth i i, I really just kind of like the aesthetic of the game actually I, I think it looks pretty interesting um i i i don't know how I don't really know much about the game itself, and it's that's a little bit kind of weird for me how the game is coming out this year. I don't know why games disappear the way they do, but this game definitely did. Uh, Tunic was another game that kind of disappeared, and I played a demo of it this year, and I wasn't really impressed by that. So I'm a little worried maybe mm -hmm. that the gunk is is being hidden for a specific reason. Uh, but ultimately, uh, we will see. Um, this also is a game that doesn't need a lot of uh, you know hype behind it. Uh, it's it's a game pass game first and foremost and uh though it is coming out in december the month of uh halo as well so yeah i don't know it, it's super interesting to me uh, on the basis of the uh of kind of what that development team has done before uh and so i'm kind of resting on those laurels a little bit but we'll see what happens um I, i'm 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 all about it we'll, we'll, when it comes out we'll see what reviews say but it's definitely a must try for me yeah um, yeah, I agree. I agree. And then, um, you know, the last thing we have on our highlights of the Xbox stream is uh, they certainly saved the best for last, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, Forza Horizon 5, man. Holy shit. Um, man. I, I, let me start by saying this. I don't know if I've ever seen a, a racing game um, come off so well in any E3 or expo type of event ever i think this game is special um and this is coming from somebody who just kind of thought forza horizon was cool but didn't put a lot of time into it because i'm not a big car nut um i think you're kind of similar in that sense yep. for the most part yep, yep. but th this game um it it's there's just something innately special about it that to me, it has kind of soared up the ranks of my most anticipated games, especially after this. The, the eight minutes yeah. of gameplay that we got a chance to see in that limited edition controller? Ooh. Man, let me tell you. I um, I don't buy limited edition controllers, but I I, I was thinking. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was thinking, too. I was thinking. Um, it's see-through. You can see the rumble motors uh, and all those, that stuff. Those buttons, man. Oh, my God. Oh, so I wanted, nice. I wanted to push those buttons. So, okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, eight minutes of gameplay they showed uh, at the end of the uh, the stream, and it, it just looked so fantastic. The environments and, and all of the environmental effects that happen are amazing. Um, it just feels epic in all the fun ways that I kind of miss from, like, the burnouts of the world and stuff like that. It just has a lot of personality to it, and I think that's really the key that I'm, I'm most excited to come to Forza Horizon 5 for, is it, it feels like they cracked the code in terms of how to give a racing game, like, soul, and, like... You know, yeah. a, a personality almost. I think Burnout, again, to go back to that one more time, was the last game that I felt really captured that feeling. And I feel like this game is is one of the only few that have done something similar in that sense. So I, I hope that, for me, that I, I don't get discouraged with the, the, the car nut, the, the literal nuts and bolts kind of stuff, because I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. And I do hope that things like... like Simple stuff like the menu layout. Uh, Forza Horizon 4 was awful. It was brutal. Um, 
it got so bad that I didn't even know how to like shop for a car or, or you know do basic stuff uh, like tuning the car. So if they can if they can find a way to streamline that, make the char- the character customization um, better, which I think that they're going to do a little bit more this time around, and and just keep the you know the the moments coming um, like they showed in those eight minutes that we saw, then I I think this could be a, you know a top five game for me to be honest. Yeah, I keep waiting for like to see the trailer or, or the gameplay trailer where the graphics don't look as good. And it's like, Not okay, happening. here we go. This is what. Nope. This eight minutes of gameplay was absolutely like it was. It was jaw dropping. It yeah. was astounding. Um, and I think a lot of what you're saying with with the the game having a soul or whatever has a lot to do with the setting. Uh, yeah. Uh, because man, beautiful and 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 it's huge obviously and it's so like it's diversified there's so many different areas and it looks so good and and man i i i can't wait to get my hands on this because just just surely just to to see this game in action and actually play Mm. it because it looks it's it's probably the best game video game i've ever seen uh best looking in terms of yeah yeah, yeah. best looking video i yeah yeah because i i remember other car uh racing reveal game uh game being revealed really close to if not with the uh release of of, of new console and it always looks pretty very close up the the, the sheen oh, of the yeah. car the polish and the, the rims and all that really nice and the game in action looks really good uh but i've never seen a game like this where it's not just the cars that look good no it's the environment it just it is photorealistic at, in moments yeah. i'm like i mean they, they they did that to us where they literally showed you what you thought was a photo oh or when a, they first or, when they first showed yeah, yeah. When, and the first show and you're like oh that look, oh this is where they got the inspiration for that vroom. oh <laughs> shit yeah nuts man. It's insane. So I, I cannot wait to play this game. Um, and I didn't think I'd feel that way at all. But um, yeah. last thing I'll say is I think they, they've also mastered that festival vibe too. I think that's a big part of the charm as well. And and the reason why I say that is because, and I, I was going to talk about it in the loadouts, but I played the Riders Republic beta and they tried it and they, they, they didn't do it right. <laughs> it, it's, it's so douchey, man. Like, uh, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's easily doucheable. For a yeah. festival type of thing, because you got all like the the hipster looking people. Oh man, sick moves out there. You know, it's like, it, uh, nah, that that's not that's not what that, that's not. You're not doing it right. You're trying to be like Forza Horizon, and and you're doing it like completely wrong. And plus, the gameplay sucked, and you can't really do any tricks or anything. So it was bad. So it made me appreciate Forza Horizon Five, really figuring out how to make that festival vibe fun, but not annoying or douchey. Right. Um, so we'll see, man. But I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Alright, so that takes care of the Xbox stream. So moving on, we will talk about our boy, Jihaf Kigali's uh, opening night live stream. Learn how to spell your name, bro. <laughs> Man. Uh, he came with it though. I got I got to give him credit. He came with it. Um, it was uh, it was actually a really good event for the most part. Yeah. There were some dry spells here and there, but uh, kind of some bangers and um, you know, not without some some games that kind of came out of the gate and disappointed a few people. Uh, and and ironically, that's where we're going to start uh, with Saints Row. So Saints Row uh, reboot gets uh, finally unveiled after a lot of rumors um, around E3 uh, and up until this event uh, finally gets shown with a debut trailer uh, and gameplay teaser, which was about 15, 20 seconds long. Uh, we got a release date, which is February of next year, which is awesome. Um, also awesome. Yeah. Um, however, 
Um, this reveal has been uh, kind of getting some backlash. Uh, it, it's it's one of it's one of the next to get kind of a, the the downvote type of thing on YouTube. Um, you know, so the ratio is is kind of working against it. Uh, also, the official Twitter account for Saints Row has kind of been a bit uh, on the defense about some yep, of that. Yep. Uh, about kind of standing their ground and and it's oh you guys are just reacting this way because it's the shock of a reboot but you'll like it um i have to say as a saints row uh fan i'm i'm a little torn about it because i think as we mentioned uh before you know a reboot is kind of the right thing to do after all the crazy highs of of what they've done in the past but i do think that this particular uh, take on a reboot is is a bit tricky because it does look a lot like a focus tested kind of thing in some ways. The art style is a little Fortnite now, uh, more so than it used to be. Uh, the characters that you see in in the trailer are uh, kind of the Gen Z types of, of characters, so they're more of like hipsters than than kind of what you're used to from the Saints. Uh, so there was a little bit of that too that was a little off putting or just weird, I would say. Um, and it just, you know, if it wasn't for being called Saints Row, I don't know if I would have watched that trailer and thought that's Saints Row. So I, I, don't I, know. I, I, I don't know. I think the, I think we saw that trailer and we I, I I think we thought Saints Row out the gate. Well, yeah, because I, I as soon as they showed like the the gun store name, I'm like, oh, that's Saints Row. I, I just I yeah. knew already. But like I I think that um, there's there's a certain spirit to Saints Row. Um, despite its its irreverence and its wackiness that you can kind of feel, and I, I didn't yeah. really get that right away. So I'm I'm not quite at the point where I'm I'm as angry as some fans are and kind of like backlashing against it. But I do understand where some of the concerns are coming from because as a reboot, you have to kind of guide people into what that reboot is a little bit better um, because people have nostalgia and have memories of these characters of these places, um, and so I think that it was a little too much of a of a jolt of a reboot kind of reveal than it should have been. Um, so I wish yeah. they would have been a little bit more careful about how they rolled that out. But I will say the gameplay, when I saw that 15, 20 second snippet of they, what they showed, it did feel like, okay, that's, that is Saints Row. That looks pretty cool. So we'll see. But um, where are you at with this? I mean, I, I'm right there I, with that 15, 20 seconds of gameplay they showed. I, I think everybody should have been cool with that. Like in terms of like, oh, okay, we get it. Because I mean, a lot of focus is being put out. This isn't three, and three was the best game, and four, and this is not the kind of we don't want a Grand Theft Auto clone or anything like a lot of that uh, going around. But this isn't that. I mean, they've pretty much said that this is definitely a toned down version of what three showed and four. They're not going to hell. You're not the president. You don't have human powers. But it is still Saints Row, and it's still going to be. Still going to be that wackiness to it, and I think that's all you can really hope for for a reboot. I, I, I don't. I four was an expansion of three that ultimately became its own game. Get out of hell was also just another bit of that trying to kind of relive the the the, the success of three. Uh, but I, I think that three can stand as its own game, and it, the games that follow it don't have to be that, you know. And I think if Saints Row is able with the reboots, able to. Uh, Kind of take the feeling and you said like the attitude of, of of what Saints Row is and put it in a formula or in a place where it's a less bombastic but still really fun to play. I think it'll be good. I mean, I, I think it's too early for me to have opinion about it one way or the other. I love three. Um, that's kind of it. I, I'm not really like a Saints Row like super fan. Okay. Uh, but uh, I I I like 
I like that they got away from the super serious tones of, of the first Saints Row, where they were trying to really just replicate what Grand Theft Auto was doing at the moment with uh, Grand Theft Auto Four. Yeah. So I, I I like that they did that. Um, and I know Five has since then actually become a lot more wacky uh, in certain aspects, and I I would be okay with some kind of. Uh, happy medium and the reason for that as well is a lot of the humor in three and a lot of humor four is yeah. is, is a lot you know <laughs> there's, a, there's a dildo bad you know yeah. uh there's a lot of that happening and so i think you know kind of dialing it down from just straight up corny humor yeah to an extent yeah, yeah. And, and and refocusing on the craziness that was three in terms of the gameplay the sandbox behind it i think that's great i think if they can if they can really Take all that dumb shit out. Keep that really those cool uh, that that cool feeling, and bring those cool moments from three, like Kanye's power mm-hmm. play when you parachute down into the yeah. uh, into the man. Shit like that. If you can, if you can really kind of do stuff like that. That's cool. I mean, I I also think I don't know if this is the super triple A Saints Row game that you might have thought was going to happen because of the graphically you're right it doesn't look super great it is going to sell for $60 I, I, it's already up for pre-order it's not a $7 kind of game mm-hmm. and it's coming out a lot sooner than I thought it would um, and it's dropping in February yeah I don't know there's a lot of there's a lot of signs there where it's like they, maybe this is a could have been a $40 game at one point Potentially, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if they've um, if they kind of worked from the framework of the Saints Row Three Remaster and kind of yeah. built from there. Um, but I, going back to what you said, I, I think uh, in, in subtracting the bombast and over the top wackiness, I think that's going to put more of an onus on those four characters uh, to really be um, enough to pull to keep the game moving forward in, in, a, in a fun and enjoyable way. They have to, they can't just be the, the four group, the, the group of four that that's just doing quips and, and, you know, saying snarky things as they're doing wild shit. Um, I would hope that, you know, of course it's Saints Row, it's not Metal Gear, but I would hope that there's some um, opportunities to, to, to grow to like those characters and them not just be, um, you know, uh, here's, here's the wacky one that puts on the helmet with the digital, face yeah, on yeah, the yeah. front of it and he's just the guy you know like I don't want just that surface level stuff if you're going to be telling me these are the characters I'm going to be seeing from here on for the series it's got to they've got to be good so I, I think and I and I I have faith in the Saints Row team to do that because surface level all those characters in three are shit but they were written in such a but surface they're, level but they're memorable enough Yes, but what I'm saying is they're shit in that they could have been shit let me rephrase that those characters could have been absolute shit but oh, oh, oh. it's written it's written so well each yeah. of those characters that actually they're the worst and, and so endearing <laughs> all at the same time yeah. so because of the writing and I think they, they're strong enough to, to take these four have the guy like you said with the wacky digital helmet and still be the guy with the wacky digital helmet but also be interesting yes. you know which is which yes. which I think they could pull that off because they've done it in the past however you know I don't know I don't know we don't know, you know? It, it feels a lot like Redfall in a way when it was announced I'm like oh another four player Thing and yeah, all. but they show at least they show gameplay. Uh, that's true. That's true. Uh, Saints Row One, Redfall Zero. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, moving on, uh, the next game they revealed was Marvel Midnight Suns by Firaxis Games, which they have described <laughs> as a tactical RPG. 
um, that comes out in March of next year. So I'll be honest, man, you know me, I don't, I don't get down with comic stuff a, a lot. So, uh, I don't have much to say about this, nor do I have any kind of stake in the game here. So, um, I'll turn this over to you and pretty much see what you're feeling about this. How, how, how you feeling about it? Yeah. You know, I am not the biggest, uh, the biggest fan of tactical kind of RPGs, though. There's been some in the past few years that have been very interesting. Uh, but, I don't know how to feel about this because on the onset, I have no interest. Uh, but also, they did say that they are using the Marvel license here and they're using that to their benefit. Uh, so they're changing a lot of the stuff that you would <coughs> sorry, you would expect from a Firaxis uh, uh, type of, uh, of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like anything you saw in XCOM. They did say that there's zero crossover between XCOM and this in terms of mechanics. That it has all completely been revamped to, to, to work for this specific game. That to me sounds like they've minimized the complexity of, of that, of XCOM. And I'm thinking more like uh, Rabbids, Mario vs. Uh, Rabbids mm. type of like simplicity behind that. And if it's like that and it's very streamlined and they tell a good story, which for Axis can do that, they've done that before. I, I there's I, I could definitely you know take a peek at this, um, but I'm not really I'm not really uh, interested. Yeah. In, in in what this, I'm happy it exists. I guess it's just it's one of those things where I, I like comic books. Sure, uh, comic book video games is another story. Yeah. Yeah, it, it can be tricky with that for sure. But yeah. I do think something you said as far as like streamlining the gameplay and making maybe making it more accessible because it is tapping into a license with fans that might not be down right. for tactical RPGs. I think that could be a huge um, you know thing for them to do in terms of exposing people to this game because it is going to yeah. sell. It's got Marvel on it. It is going to sell, but you don't want to you know sell a game for people and then they play it and they're like, oh, I, I thought this was an action game. I thought, you right. know, so you have to kind of figure out how to bridge that a little bit um, with, with you know, people who don't typically play games like this. That's right. And, and also, you know, there's for Axis, their biggest with XCOM, their biggest kind of thing is like uh, permadeath, mm-hmm. and no. there's not gonna be permadeath. Yeah, They're no. not gonna kill no Marvel character. No. <laughs> uh, so I, you know, I, 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 you know, I wonder because you're right that there could be that that mistake. What goes? Oh, thought it was an action game because we'll see. We'll we'll see what they do. Yeah. Though I will say it's not like uh, Mario plus Rabbids really had an issue where people thought it was a platformer. So if, if, if they're able to kind of uh, really tell you what this game is and, and not trick people into buying it. Which yeah, you know, and that's why Marvel I'm a little Avengers. I'm a little thrown off by this trailer because I would think they need to get ahead of that now and show gameplay during this trailer and not just show me you know superheroes walking away from an explosion. You know what I mean? Like I don't need to see that. Yeah. I need to know what the game is if I'm a Marvel fan and I don't play a lot of games well, or I only play action games. You know. Well, the, I think they because they did already they said in that reveal that they were going to show gameplay. I think in September. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. 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 I think. I think yeah. so. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. You're right. So, but you're right though. They're, they're going to get ahead of it. They're, they're talking about it. Uh, it. That was a vibe check trailer. Like, this is what the game is. What's up, bitches? Yeah. We'll show gameplay. So I. We'll see. I. I. I'm. I can't say I'm intrigued, but if it is more like Mario plus Rabbids in that way. Uh, I'm all for the ba- baby uh, baby games. All Give right. me the baby games. <laughs> 
All right, so moving on. Uh, the next game that they covered was Call of Duty Vanguard. So we got our first glimpse into the campaign uh, after a long diatribe about uh, you know how excited they are to make a Call of Duty again, uh, and and giving us some uh, information about their uh, about the character that we would be seeing in the in the in the gameplay demo. Um, we got a chance to watch the gameplay, um, and I will say you know. All the stuff they said about this character and, oh, you know, she's so deep and her, you know, her story is so, you know, interesting. And you watch the gameplay and it's like, why were they hyping this up? It's just, it's just literally a Call of Duty, you know, segment uh, of, of a campaign. And, that, and that's what I'm afraid of that the, the whole entire Laura Bailey, who's actually, if I, Laura Bailey, if I'm mistaken. Yeah. She's voicing this, this whole character. And I really just hope that it isn't female sniper. Yeah. And I'm a, and I work and it's is interesting because I'm a female. I, I, if they're gonna do this, just like the yeah. whole other shit, do it. You know, I, I will say it looked good. Yeah, it looked no, surprisingly it, well. It looked like good. R- yeah, a lot better than I th- a lot better than I think. Um, Cold War looked uh, in action. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's gonna be interesting because I think when you know when you talk World War Two, you know your mind goes to you know huge battles and you know and, and it, this was more like indoors and you know kind of it had that urban kind of feel to it yeah. in a way. So I think if they can lean into that, it's not going to feel like another World War Two game. Um, yeah. So I don't need I don't need the whole story. I don't need the whole story of of, of war. I, I I know what happened. <laughs> I I I rather just kind of get a really contained story within that framework kind of again kind of like cold war did mm-hmm. you know it's a very specific story it was during the vietnam war and there had the moments where they had those big bombastic moments but ultimately it ended up being a little more of a personal story in terms of that group of people i i would like that for this call dude i think i think they did a good job with that and i think that they can continue to do that and focus a little more on the character if you're gonna fucking talk about her you she better be a focal point yeah dude and, uh, and she, all, all she said in 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 the gameplay demo was papa <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, great job bringing on her to voice this person that just says Papa the whole time. Um, and as you can tell by that, she has daddy yeah. issues. <laughs> the depth. No. no. Uh, the other thing I think that they did that's different is, uh, at least to my recollection, is is kind of like the wall, um, kind of like jumping on walls and, and kind of uncharted. Yeah, that was like, weird. That was a little weird. It feels out of place for Call of Duty, and, and, it, and it looks it looks kind of dumb because like the walls like have white bricks like yeah, this yeah, is yeah, where yeah. you climb and it's like that's not realistic so yeah. i don't think that they're really you know the the the, the franchise I that, that would go to for that but cool i guess yeah and i and i totally absolutely doubt that that's something you're gonna find across all the maps it's i think that's they do things like that sometimes that are so specific to that one area and they never show it again yeah because uh, it happened a lot that was a that was a big part of that so but i i would look I, I always like to look at those single player things because i look at little things for multiplayer like yeah. is that gonna yeah. be like are you gonna you know yeah i wonder yeah, but you know, it, it didn't. I didn't hate it, so I'm, I'm still I'm still no, curious no, about no. Vanguard. Uh, I, I know as of this recording, the alpha has dropped for uh, PlayStation owners, so um, I did download that earlier. So I'm going to give it a shot to see if it's any yeah. good. But I'm um, try it too. yeah, but uh, other than that, yeah, yeah, kind of interested to see what they do with this game and how it turns out. Yeah, my take on every Call of Duty always now is wait and see. Yeah, that's. Honestly, and that's why I was almost not going to play the alpha be- or or uh, any betas because I'm like, you know, it's just going to come down to how the final product is in the end anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, moving on. Um, finally, Microsoft, uh, you know, uh, 
quells all the concerns and, and toxic rage of the internet by uh, you know giving Jihad Kegley some Halo Infinite uh, exclusive Less than 24 news. hours since since the world was burning. <laughs> yeah, they solved so, uh, the issue. So they uh, they showed the multiplayer season one opening, I guess, story trailer, um, which it was kind of whatever to me. I didn't really you know love it or hate it. I, I let me say something about that. I love Halo. I'm a Halo fan, and that trailer ain't do a goddamn thing for me. <laughs> it felt almost generic. Yeah, it, you could have you could have swapped out like join the Spartans to, to join the Marines, join the Army, yeah. and it would have been the exact same thing. But know? then again, I'm. I have to judge it on the multi-season videos. You know, every new season has it. So, I mean, for that, I guess it did what it needed to do. Yeah. Uh, because it's going to be about the Academy. Uh, season one's uh, the Academy. Uh, uh, so, yeah. I, I think it's yeah. going to be just kind of like a, a very simple, easy intro to Halo Infinite. And then I think I think future seasons, shit's going to go down and it's going to get more Can't interesting. You know? um, but yeah, I, I didn't really feel anything strongly about that trailer. But um, December 8th, uh, you know, I think it was kind of like leaked out of out of some rage about it not getting you know announced at the Xbox stream. Yeah, so we yeah, kind of yeah. knew already it was just a matter of getting a confirmation. And we did. Uh, Microsoft confirmed December 8th uh, for uh, the release date. Um, how are you feeling about it? Any thoughts about that release date at all? Or is it just kind of like, yep, yeah, cool? Yeah, I think it's bullshit. I think it should be released tomorrow. <laughs> but since it can't, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I, I think they, the fact that they didn't tell you a release date, where they could have simply said November 15th to coincide right with the uh, 20th anniversary, uh, I think that that said a lot. They always, for me, when they said holiday, they really leaned into that. And I, and I for you know, I always, in, my, in the back of my head, I, I, I was pretty certain it was going to be December. Um, December 8th works out right around the time where it's still holiday. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still enough time to get the, you know, the, like nobody's gonna buy the game. They're gonna buy it, but it's not like it's such a weird time now. And that's another thing where they don't really need to release a video game right before the Black Friday sales because it's a Game Pass game. Listen. One first and foremost. Second, it's it's who are you gonna buy this on 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 Xbox Series X? Well, are you gonna find one? You know, I mean, you know, and obviously yeah. it's gonna come out to the next the last, previous gen console, which will be available, I'm sure. But. Uh, I, it, it's a weird time, and I think if this is a game that they've said, and I believe that their intent, like Destiny, is for it to go on for 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, when it starts, when you, day one of of the 10-year cycle starts, who gives a fuck? Yeah. And to release it to January 1st, December 3rd, who doesn't It doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree. That was kind of what I was saying earlier with Booty Juice, too. It's like, it's not, no one's going to think back on the release date and go, yeah, great game, but... December it's though. December eighth. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to happen. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm on the same boat. I, I I knew they want to create some distance from Battlefield and Call of Duty to kind of have a, a you know their own their own space. So it wasn't super surprising, um, you know, that it was December just to kind of you know guarantee that they'd have you know the spotlight when they wanted it. Um, yeah. But to your point, I I don't think it would matter when it drops. It's Halo, and regardless, if you have a Series X. Does it matter when it's coming out? You're gonna buy it, or else why did you get an Xbox? You know what I mean. So yeah. it is what it is. And they got and they got their, they got their schedule set up. November 9th, you're gonna get Forza, 
and then December, that's a month later, you're literally going to get Halo. Fam. I mean, that's that's one-two punch, Woo. man. That's a fucking banger. Listen, that, that's going to... And people are selling that short because Forza, oh, it's a racing game. Please, man. When you see that shit on your own TV... <laughs> You'll change your tune, yeah, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga is shown with uh-huh. a trailer and a spring 2022 release window. Uh, Pablo, not for me. Uh, no hate. Never had a problem with Lego games. Just never been a fan personally. So I'm going to leave this with you. Tell me how you're feeling about this. Yeah. I'm not a Lego video game fan either. Oh. I don't really like them. Uh, I, I I think that they're they're cute uh, and, and kind of... Ch- making the story of that movie that they're kind of this is like this is where all uh licensed games went and then you think they went to die they actually got good here right but because of the uh, of the of because of the the, the circumstance it's a lego game mm-hmm. so it's it's it, it the indiana jones one was good uh the harry potter one uh, people love um there was like I'm not dc really a fan stuff of, too right yeah, yeah 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 dc stuff they just had one a lot of dc stuff uh and then they, the movies actually coming from the games, a lot of that stuff. So anyway, uh, I would say though the reason I wanted to talk about this is because the Skywalker Saga is a is a Lego Star Wars game that's been talked about and revealed revealed a while back, and a lot of delays or just just the game has been in a weird spot where it's has yet to come out and it's been around for a long time. And then I saw the trailer, and I have to say that looked really good for a Lego game. That shit looked dope. And, the, and I, I was like, okay, maybe I'm making shit up. So I went back, and I went and I looked at other LEGO reveal trailers for games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no comparison, bro. Like, mm. this this game looked fucking rad as fuck. I don't know if I'm going to play it, but I just wanted to kind of give it its flowers here in that sense where, yeah, this this is this looks... LEGO games, next generation LEGO games, they could be some real shit. Like, they could be some really dope ass. Just because they, they know that franchise so well, and they know how it works. But if you like LEGO... If you like these games, the next generation of Lego games are probably going to be really dope for you guys. And I'm really happy. Yeah, about it, I, I guess I guess I'm just running into the same issue of just not understanding the appeal of 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 a Lego uh, adaptation of anything. I just don't get it. I, I get it from a nostalgia standpoint. I used to play Legos when I was a kid. You know, you know, I, I did too. But I don't know if it. I just never understood what makes this 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 type of thing exciting. As opposed to getting uh, a, a, a non Lego Skywalker saga, like what what makes it better? Because they're, well, it doesn't make it better. Yeah. Uh, but they're not gonna do a Skywalker saga in a, on Unreal Five or you know that would be, if they do that's, that would be dope I mean, to I, me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that, I, I, oh, of course, I think anybody who's a Star Wars fan uh would agree yeah. with you but i think a lot of specifically with star wars you take what you can get you know uh especially with lego the, the, what's interesting about lego is is how well they know that system and they use a lot of interesting little things with legos and and, and they make it's a it's really a a co-op based uh uh puzzle like some are shooters some are brawlers yeah. uh and they really can tell a lot of different you can play a lot of different games and assortment of games within that uh within that engine mm. uh but it's just the things that they do with those games and how they do it i think it's they they know that they know what they're doing with it and it's really interesting and if you like lego and you like whatever plus this then it, it's it's awesome and but i don't really enjoy lego and i yeah. see those games and i think they're really cool i know my nieces and my nephews are crazy about it uh maybe so that's the key that's, maybe that's the key yeah. it's, it's just not for a certain group of you know people you know demographic no, I, I think i think the lego games hinge on people in terms of like our age if it comes out with the thing that you like mm. 
uh, and then you really understand the nuance behind it because they they nail everything about those game those that story that movie in the Lego world. So these interesting things about that happen in this game or in this movie, you see it in the happen in the game, and it's and it's different. It's cute. It's funny. They they do their own version mm-hmm. of it, and it's like community theater almost <laughs> with the Lego games of that your favorite That's thing. That's accurate. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's good. It's it's good. I mean, I would be interesting to I would be interested if Lego did this with existing video games like Lego Witcher or some crazy shit like that to see kind of like how far they can take and how if can they can really take that's another thing. Sorry to keep going about Lego. They take the essence and and kind of the feeling of that movie or that thing and it, and it shows out in the Lego games. So if they can actually do that with other stuff, it'd be pretty cool. Interesting to see. Yeah, man. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'll be curious about it just to see what people think about it when it comes yeah. out. But um, speaking of Legos, um, you know, a, another trailer was shown <laughs> that that was the equivalent of stepping on one, uh, at least for me. <laughs> Don't Do- study fire to it melting. Doke V uh, is is the game we're talking about, which appears to be a, uh, a, a very strange, but uh, according to the reaction from, from this reveal, uh, a very popular Pokemon-like uh, sort of game that is um, that's now announced. So we got a gameplay trailer, um, which to me was was a very bizarre, uh, bizarre, very bizarre trailer. And, and I, you know, all jokes aside, I, I just couldn't make sense of the game um, visually because on one hand there's this this realism kind of feeling with with some of the the environments um, looking very like not lifelike per se but very more on the realistic side and then you have these very anime looking kind of not quite chibi-esque but you know definitely you know anime-ish looking characters i guess uh that that are kind of running around on their bikes and you know this weird music is playing that's like half japanese but like they pepper in some english in there like da 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 you're a superstar and i'm like okay I, <laughs> it's like k-pop it is it's it's total it's total k-pop so that's happening, and then I see the gameplay start to happen with like the Pokemon esque uh, elements, uh, and, and it still looks weird. It's these very like larger than life Pokemon looking characters, but in this kind of somewhat realistic looking world. And I couldn't, my brain just couldn't make sense of this, and so I, I immediately, was, I, I was like, I, I don't, I don't get, I don't get the appeal at all. I don't, I, yeah. And it didn't even look to me. People were like, oh my god, but the, the, the looks are, the visuals are amazing, and I'm like, ah. I don't know about amazing. I think that it's just unique, but I wouldn't say amazing personally. So I'm not high on it at all, as you can tell. How do you feel about this thing, though? Yeah, I, I'm high on the idea of this game. Um, I, I think, uh, to address the visual thing, I think visually it looks good. Um, I just don't think it is uh, like a visually arresting or stunning game. I mean, because... The art style of it, you're right. It's a lot, a lot over the, uh, it's really over the, all over the place, and so it seems a little bit kind of like, it looks really good sometimes, and other times doesn't look great. Yeah, there's, there's just moments. And then, and then but, the thing is, like, Jihaf Kigley was like, he he said like before the trailer started, he's like, um, you know, this is it, this is, and what you're about to see is real time game. This is real time. Like, well, like I, okay, I, I think he said. Well, I think he said that because, I. There are times in that in that trailer where it doesn't look like gameplay. It almost looks like uh, like I'm watching a, an animated video, YouTube animated video. Type. I, yeah, it, there was something about it that looked interesting and almost like oh, so this is in game. Like oh, that's interesting. You know, you know what it is. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off, but no, that's good. I, I figured it out. 
the game looks like an augmented reality experience to me in a weird way. Yeah, it looks yeah. like they have these like these monsters kind of like su- like kind of superimposed behind like a more realistic background, like almost like a Pokemon Go kind of thing to me. That yeah. that's what it reminds me of. It's just it's bizarre like that. But anyways, it's I'm a sorry. weird la- Go ahead and It's a weird going. layering of graphical yeah, kind yeah. of differences. It's like this. Th- it looks a little bit realistic, then it looks a uh, more realistic, and uh, the the characters like like you were saying. But the thing that really is interesting uh, is a few things. One, it's it's literally like Pokemon, and with Pokemon revealing Arceus, oh yeah, yeah, it's coming out next. Yeah, Arceus Cola is coming out next year, and people kind of the backlash a little bit of the games like, oh, it's a small step forward for the thing that we want. This is like, this is like Pokemon in the year twenty twenty five, like when Game Freak will finally mm-hmm. like understand what people want, and I feel like this is what that is. It's, I, I really do think that the game developers behind this were like, let's make our own fucking next generation type of Pokemon game. And I think this is what that is. And I feel like if they are able to really deliver on that, I think that this game could be really dope. Um, I, For me, it reminds me a lot of, um, like I said, Pokemon. It reminds me of Splatoon even a little bit. Mm. Uh, and then it, it's K- and plus K-pop. It's all those things yeah. and K-pop in one. Dash and Pixar. Yeah, but I... I will say there was frame rate chugs in it, so oh, yeah. it's real. Mm-hmm. So that that's some people are like, oh, that sucks. But I feel like, oh wait, but this is actually a real yeah. kind of thing. So I, 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 I we, we shall see. Uh, one of the things that I saw uh, in terms of it, the developers behind this, so the developers behind Black Desert, yes, which, which is, is like, uh, yeah, it's but weird. one <laughs> one of the things that they are known for within their gameplay loops that people hate is grinding. And a lot of pay to pay to advance Ooh. the grinding. So that so if if and Black Desert for all intents and purposes is a successful enough game to where they were able to do this. So I I do see I do see that this game looks a certain way, but I also see the 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 yeah. grinding aspect of it. Yeah. The 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 oh this new outfit. Oh this thing that makes you jump higher. Oh it, like you grind those things out. And knowing that and kind of realizing that, which I just kind of found out that today, completely takes my my kind of my, my hopes for this game to be good. Yeah, right. Throw that shit right out the window. Yeah, if you can't trust uh, that it's going to be made in earnest, uh, and it's yeah. going to be like a kind of a, a paywall scheme, kind of veiled as yeah. a as a wholesome game, then that, that's a little worrisome. I wouldn't say I'm I, I'm I'm definitely looking more forward to Pokemon Arm and Hammer than this. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Pokemon uh, Archaeology is definitely one of the main games that I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, I mean, I wish Pokemon Augmentation looked as good as this, but because it's not, I mean, it, yeah, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, we'll see which game comes out on top, man. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Pokemon Archie. That'll be good. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep going before we piss off some fans again. Um, I don't want to piss anybody off with Pokemon Acrylic Nails. So <laughs> Acrylic get- Nails? <laughs> Best one so far, man. All right, let's go, all right. Let's go next. All right. Yeah. Um, rounding it out, we are uh, we are up on Horizon Forbidden West. So speaking of finally getting release dates, we get one for Horizon Forbidden West, and it is February eighteenth, two thousand and twenty-two. Um, so I don't want to say I told you so. Yeah, 
But but I told you, asshole. Yeah, and it's been crickets out there, man. I mean, there's been like people kind of upset, but it's been kind of like quiet on the Sony fanboy front. Like, mm, can't we can't say Halo versus Horizon this holiday season anymore? <laughs> you know, Horizon. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't really have any strong opinion about the release date because I already kind of knew it was coming too. So, um, you know, and again, we've talked many times about how we feel about this series. So it's not one that I'm like losing sleep over because it's not happening. It's not happening when I want it to happen. Um, so I don't really have anything strong to say about that. It is cool, however, that they did, uh, you know, release a free 60 FPS upgrade for Zero Dawn. Yeah, uh, which is live now. I I downloaded that earlier today. I'm gonna try it out at some point to see um, to see how it feels. I'm not gonna play the game all the way in full. I just want to try it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, how are you feeling about this? Any any thoughts about it? Yeah, yeah. I'm really I'm really surprised that they released that. I'm not surprised, but it's really cool that they released that uh, 60 frames update because it's another thing that I get to ignore. Um, <laughs> uh, That's mean. That's mean. No, I I I think hey, I, I think that this has become. <laughs> For, for many people, a a very highly anticipated uh, IP, and I think if Sony wants to take advantage of that, the game has to come out when the game is ready. Uh, you know, this first year of next generation consoles have been not great, uh, and there's not a lot to do. There's not a lot there left to do in terms of getting more consoles out there. It's all about the chipset. And once they can figure that out. It, there's it, it's a slow burn right now, mm-hmm. and and I I maybe because obviously I'm not the biggest uh, Horizon fan, that this delay doesn't really mean anything to me. They were pretty they they, they weren't up front. They did say they're targeting this year, but if you read between the lines, they were pretty much already telling you this game was going to be delayed. It's just it, it's it's. It's just weird because when you look at the history of video games and releases, it, this goes against all of that. Uh, Halo's of uh, Halo's uh, delay last year also uh, kind of went against that as well a little bit. Yep. So uh, developers and and publishers and and I think are finally uh, more. I don't want to say aligned, but are definitely. I feel like developers have more leeway now with the whole backlash with overworking people and and, and crunch and culture, grind yeah. crunch culture. I think that this is part of that as well in terms of expanding developing cycles, and that's all good. Mm-hmm. You know, I the the game has to be good. I hope it is good. Uh, and Horizon will now have to face uh, Pokemon Alimony. So. Oof. Alright, you you're, you're surpassing me with this with this running joke now and I don't like it. Um, what running joke? The one about just Pokemon Arceus. That the, the official oh. name. Uh, yeah. Uh, so let's keep going, man. This is a this is a big game for you, uh, you know, and one that I'm obviously keeping on my radar, but we get another look at uh, Lost Judgment. Another new trailer uh, comes out. Um, kind of a weirdly spliced trailer, to be honest. Um, you know, so it didn't look like it was it was as 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 well made as the one before. Uh, so yeah. I don't know if I really came away feeling any better or worse about the game. It was just kind of like, yep, there's there's more of that. Um, it seems like it has all the the same melodrama and 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 moments that um, you know I, I got a, the impression for when I saw the game last time. So I don't really have too much else uh, in terms of impressions about what I saw. Um, so you know, again, same criticisms of the first game in terms of the storyline, in terms of some of the the new additions that they thought were cool, like the drone and stuff, and like trailing people. That that really didn't do much for me. So I'm still hoping that that stuff is uh, is better in this game. Uh, but yeah. this this particular trailer didn't really move the needle for me one way or the other. Yeah, I'm 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 all about this game, so I can't really give you a 
a real critical point of view mm-hmm. on it. Uh, I thought the trailer was fucking fantastic, and I thought it was spliced together like shit. <laughs> I think that they showed stuff from middle of the game, end of the game, beginning of the game. They showed all of it because it didn't really make sense. Uh, however, and I said this already once, but I'll say it again. It's a vibe check. It, it, it was kind of like, I. Here's what I think. I think they were kind of quailing those thoughts of this this story having a little bit more behind it like the whole alzheimer shit from the first one mm-hmm. i think this is a lot more grounded in a one story about this murder of this person and how that is going to affect yagima uh, yagima yeah yagima how it's going to affect his his story and, and and the people around him obviously something horrible happens t- to him in the trailer like someone apparently dies yeah uh, yakuza does that very often where they 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 tease a death like at the beginning of the mm-hmm. game and you don't find out who dies like 30 hours later. <laughs> uh, I know in, Z- in Zero, they, they tease the whole like your best friend pulling a gun out at you and, yeah. and shots go off and you don't know what actually happened until like hours later. So it, right in the Yakuza wheelhouse, I'm so happy that this game's getting a sequel. And I really kind of am, am excited uh, for more Judgment games. If Judgment's going to carry the torch for the action brawler while you know, Yakuza's going to do the JRPG stuff, I'm, I'm all for it, man. That's not, so I... This is as of now, uh, besides Halo, my most anticipated game of the year, and I cannot uh, fucking wait for this to come out. And it comes out in a couple of weeks. Yes, it does. So. Yeah, 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 not too much longer to wait. Um, all right, and then uh, last thing on the opening night live stream coverage. Uh, <laughs> so let me close this shit out like if it was the. New I was shit. just gonna say, man, Jihad Kegel Balls decided. <laughs> let's sit here and let's make this sound like this is the first time you have ever seen Death Stranding in your life. Sit back, relax, and check out Death Stranding. Like it's like, nah, man. We it's just it's just Death Stranding. So he shows the director's cut, uh, spliced by Kojima himself. So he made a big deal out of that too. And all it really was was just an extended look trailer uh, to show off some of the new features uh, that the game is is bringing to the mix. And um, I'm kind of of two minds about this. I think first, I, I I don't know if I see anything in terms of the new features that really. Um, would influence my opinion about Death Stranding, which I'm not very yeah. high on. Um, so I don't know if, if anything in, in that sense is going to do much for me. I'm just hoping that, you know, what they're doing with like adding, you know, a little bit more flavor to combat will, will make up for some of the monotony that I felt. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's that. And, and obviously the story is going to stay the story. So there's nothing to really talk about there. Um, but I will say that I am intrigued about getting a chance to play it um, in, in a, with better performance because I do think that a lot of, you know, with it being so heavy, heavy on like movement and, and, you know, traversing these, uh, all, all these rough terrains and stuff, I think, you know, benefit, it would, it would benefit from having 60 FPS to kind of be, to feel like you're in better control of, uh, of Sam. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I, I wish, that there were some other updates for quality of life stuff instead of just adding new things that you can kind of craft, like, you know, updating the menus to be more manageable, kind of streamlining some stuff that really didn't need to be in, in the base game. So I I wish there was a little bit more of that. Um, So I I guess where I'm, where I'm at with it is I'm, I'm going to play it. I, I will definitely try it out and give the game another fair shake because otherwise Pablo will homicide me. Um, yes. So I'm gonna do it. One eight seven. I'm gonna do it, but uh, but I, I don't know if anything is really going to affect or influence my opinion on uh, the core game. So that's where I'm at. How do you feel? 
yeah, I, everything I saw really kind of makes this game better in every way. Uh, and that's coming from a person that really enjoyed the game itself. I just, I, I just, when you're talking about Kojima and you say the thing director's cut, and Kojima's actually been really good about saying, hey, they, they, they wanted to call it director's cut. Yeah. You know, like, this isn't really like the way I would do a director's mm-hmm. cut. Uh, he's been very upfront about that. But man, you still can't hope to feel maybe he, there's something different that's going to happen or something that's a little, you know, more. But it's, and, and the trailer and the hype almost wants to tell you that. But it's not the case. The, the expectation has already been set up. But there was a moment in that, in that trailer where they were inside a building. And he was leaning against uh, something, and it was a big space. Oh! And it was like I was like Metal Gear. <laughs> it looked straight up. I was like, "Yo, this is the great." Uh, and I hope, and I hope there's a. I know there's not gonna be a lot of that, but I hope there's some moments like that they lean in, lean into that. Uh, yeah. Uh, a little bit because that was I, I saw it. And I was like, "Oh shit!" It yeah. looked really cool. Um, which there was really no indoor spots in the first uh, game itself. I mean, there was none. Uh, Really, I can't even think of a, a place. Oh, the no, I wouldn't know. There's a gar- I didn't get very far. Bunch of garages, <laughs> but uh, a really place where you went inside. Well, you met I'm some characters indoors. Um, well, the guy with the heart thing that dies every couple minutes, right? Stuff like in his that. House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, you go in his house. Nothing, uh, like a lot. Of, yeah, yeah. So not, nothing where you can sneak around. Right. Really. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna play it because I I love the the very first game. Um, I know it's not a great story, but I love that. I love that stupid, dumb story. I hope they take. I hope. <laughs> Why are you shaking your take, fist right now? Why are you doing that? Because I hope they take that line out for the end of the game, where they Princess reference Peach? Mario and Peach. <laughs> oh, please! When that happened, that I, when, I, when that happened, I almost man. When that happened, I almost threw my whole system out a window. Mm. I was like, "This is embarrassing." But anyway, uh, yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up our uh, our checkpoint chat for Gamescom 2021. That was a, that was a good time, man. So um, let's go ahead and bring. How it home. can you forget to mention that Geoff Figley is going to be in the Muppets movie in some capacity? Excuse me. Yeah, at the end of the, at the end of the show, he was like, "Hey, by the way, before we end, I just want to tell you guys, I will be in the new Muppets really? movie." Really, I missed that. I yeah. stopped watching. Yeah, that's gonna be weird. I, I think it's a cameo. I think it's a cameo. You know, but, but uh, before before he pops on screen, it's gonna say world premiere. <laughs> <laughs> one thing about uh jeff uh uh kegel exercises is the fact that he is very um i like his enthusiasm for little things like mm-hmm. that i know it's all self-congratulating and like yeah i'm in this thing but it's like it really feels like he's, he's like i'm living the dream guys because that's that's yeah. pretty cool i mean yeah. you know He's doing a lot. He's doing a lot of heavy lifting right now for the industry. Yeah, he's doing a lot of cocaine too, because he looks like he's always like, <laughs> "I'm just doing." I don't. Great, man. I think. I think that man is like the uh, like the Ryan Seacrest of video games. He just doesn't stop working. <laughs> Maybe it's like once you sleep. I was like, I slept in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> Good time. Okay, so he's Arnold Schwarzenegger on the side. That's cool. <laughs> he's a Bobcat go with and Arnold Schwarzenegger. He slept in 2003. All right, so it's time for our. Cool down, countdown, because I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get through this quick, because because Pablo's going off the rails right now. Um, ah! All right, so Pablo, why don't you go ahead and recap all of your games that you have uh, revealed thus far, and then tell us your fifth favorite video game of all the times. 
cooldown countdown uh number 10 dark souls 3 number 9 celeste number 8 the last of us 2 number 7 red dead redemption 2 number 6 super mario world and number 5 debuting today on the cooldown countdown is uh lord, uh, lord of the rings <laughs> holy shit the legend like, of zelda breath breath of the wild last week i said uh this week was going to be the first week where you know i started adding more modern games and a struggle that i had for what for a long time i denied breath of the wild my top 10 list and even though i love the game with all my heart i just felt it's so new it's how can this game be on my top but it really is uh for me uh it's just First of all, let's get kind of through why I love the game. I mean, the physics systems in the game is absolutely astonishing. It's incredible. Uh, it's a reactive world based on that system itself. And the game actually rewards exploration. Uh, in a lot of games, when you go from you know, point A to point B, not much happens. Uh, you know, But going from point A to point B in Breath of the Wild is almost impossible to go from that point to that point. I mean, you get lost in the world, discoveries, shrines, uh, even little story moments that happen here and there. I mean, it is it is absolutely a, a delight to play. And I, it, back to the physics system, I mean, the stuff you can do in that game, whether is you could swim across or you could knock an entire tree down and make a bridge out of it, walk across it. You could just yeah. literally take these metal plates and use the magnetized plates and create a hoverboard. Uh, and then a lot of the... Um, a lot of the or, uh, mo memorable moments that I have in that game, if not, I'm gonna say a lot. All of the memorable moments that I have in that game have nothing to do with the story or cutscenes or revelations or any of that. It's all organic. It's all things that I did, and it's unique to my playstyle and unique to what I did in that world. And when you can play a, a Zelda game, which you know I love the Legend of Zelda series, if you can play a game like that, any game that gives you all those options to give you th that beautiful world the beautiful art style and the fact that you can do literally do anything because that that term gets thrown around go anywhere do anything and we're fans of immersive sims and there's not an immersive sim that i can think of that gives you the flexibility that the breath of the wild does and you know and that's and that's that's the genius behind breath of the wild now I don't like to give too many cons on the top 10 because I'm just kind of giving the, the game flowers and love. But, I, I mean, it has to be said, the story of Breath of the Wild is, is, is non-existent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's non-existent in just about every way. And that is, for me, a failure that keeps it away from being my favorite game of all time. Mm. Uh, but it has all the makings of that. If, if, if Breath of the Wild 2 can manage to be this, plus that story... I don't see a world where that game doesn't become my new number one. Mm. Just to be quite honest, uh, uh, but yeah, that, that's my my uh, uh, my number one. Your number five, uh, and, and one of the I'm sorry, my number five. And uh, one thing I want to say is the genius of a design of its design really fall really you could see it on the lack of copycats. Because you would think there's been so many some, would do but this. not a lot. Some attempts, yeah, yeah, some attempts, and that's because of the actual how hard this was actually to do. When you look at games like what's that game that just came out uh, last year? That was pretty good. Uh, from Ubisoft. From Ubisoft. From oh oh oh, the, it was uh, a, Phoenix Rising. The Phoenix Rising. That's a really cool game that looks like Breath of the yeah. Wild, right? But all the physics systems, all those organic memorable moments, all the storytelling through environmental research and all the stuff getting lost from uh, from in the world, that, it's not in that game. You go from point A to B rather quickly. It's kind of like yep. the game, right? So there, 
the fact that they hasn't really copied to a, a a good degree, like all other games have copied Grand Theft Auto, yeah, it kind of shows how hard this is to do, and it kind of why this game still stands on its own as one of the best uh, one of the best open world games in terms of design. So mm. that, that's my number five. Cool, man. All right, so for me, uh, go ahead and give a quick recap of my list. Uh, number ten, Final Fantasy VIII. Number nine, Persona Five. Number eight, Metal Gear Solid Three, Snake Eater. Number seven, The Superior, Metal Gear Solid Two, Sons of Liberty. <laughs> number six, The Witcher Three, Wild Hunt. And my number five game of all the times is Mass Effect Two. Um, once upon a time, this game was in my top three, um, and I just think that over time, you know, with with other games that came out since, uh, it, it it shook things up a little bit and bumped it down to five. But it's it's at no real slight to this actual game for what it is in and of itself. Um, Timeless is 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 really the best way I can describe it, and and there was no better oh, yeah. proof of that than this year when the uh, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition came out, uh, and getting a chance to revisit uh, these amazing characters, or some these amazing worlds and conflicts, um, and just everything that it excelled at. Um, that that really, um, arguably, Bioware has never been able to do as well since, uh, and 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 for most other games of this ilk, for that matter, as well. Um, Brilliant storytelling, um, some of the most truly unforgettable characters. You know, we talked earlier about Psychonauts 2 and the onslaught of characters that it has and how they're not necessarily bad characters, it's just too many to kind of wrap your head around. Um, the same issue could have very well happened here because it has the most companions and, uh, you know, as far as playable and on your Normandy crew uh, than there's ever been in any of, of, of the Mass Effect games. So it could have been really easy to say, oh, I never even used that person. I never cared about that person. And there are some favorites to least favorites, of course. Some sure. of them were boring. Jacob wasn't exactly the most thrilling character in the yeah. world. But, you know, as an example, you know, but then then again, you have Morden Solis. You have uh, Grunt. You have Jack. You have Miranda. You have all these uh, in- incredible characters that, that throughout the course of that campaign um, just kind of stuck with you. And, you know, people can talk all they want about Mass Effect 3, and, and that's a separate subject for another time. But... You cared about those characters so much that it, the the hype for Mass Effect Three was so white hot, just for that alone, for more Garrus, for more of all these these people. It wasn't even so much about the Reaper conflict at, at a certain point anymore. It became more about like these people surviving together, bonding together, and the relationships that formed along the way. Uh, and the Reaper stuff, I wouldn't say it was an afterthought because that was the you know the main anchor of of the story. But it just didn't matter as much to fans as as we came to love all these these characters. So. Um, yep. Just an absolutely stunningly memorable game um, with with gameplay that I felt for the series was the the perfect blend of of the old RPG esque tact uh, and slower paced, but adding a little bit more of the action feel to it to make it feel a little bit more nimble uh, without getting too far into the action territory. So to me, it was that perfect blend uh, for the series, and um, you know, uh, and like I said earlier, you know, a game that that you can come back to in 2021 um, that feels still a cut above everything else that we've seen uh, for the most part in gaming ever since. So uh, the ending of, of that game and just the way that you have to sort of um, you know delegate who's going to go where and who's going to contribute to this, this suicide mission and this the nail biting of did you send the wrong person are they going to end up dead um, and you know just coping with the loss of losing like 
big characters in, in that game. And, and it's it's very seldom that we see games take those kind of chances. Nowadays, there's so much plot armor built around, um, you know, main characters and companions that, you know, you just don't, you don't see chances being taken like that. But this game did it, um, you know, despite the challenges that came with it with, with the next game as far as like, okay, what are we going to do if this character died in their save, right? How are we going to make up for this? Uh, and I think they pulled it off really well, um, you know. So, yeah, to me, I think this game is just one of the, the all-time greats. Um, I, I'm, I'm really glad that it, it's gotten more exposure this year uh, for, for newcomers of the series. I know we know some people that have tried it out for the first time, and they're like, oh, my God, this is one of the greatest games ever made. Uh, so it's exciting yeah. in that sense, too. So, yeah, number five for me, um, yeah. Mass Effect 2 for sure. The greatest thing Mass Effect 2 ever did is create Jacob as fodder. <laughs> what? Wet paper, wet paper bag. Oh, Good man. Between him, Caden, and Ashley Alenko, man, I don't know who. Oh, or Caden Alenko. Caden Alenko. Yeah, but uh, man, they had some. They had some boring ones. Um, I will say, Tali was never my favorite. I, I people love her. I never really got into Tali that much. Yeah, I love yeah, her. She yeah. got, she got, she got murked in my save for, for the legendary edition. I'm like, eh, that's fine. Um, yeah. Because all she did was talk about the pilgrimage. I'm like, shut the fuck up about your pilgrimage. The pilgrimage. The pilgrimage. Uh, yeah, man. Shepherd. So, uh, anyways, that's our number five favorite games of all time. But you will always be number one in our hearts for listening to this episode. So, thank you for your time and sticking around for us. We appreciate you. Please follow us uh, at Cooldown Time Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast itself on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you stream stuff. That way, our toxic ass opinions will always be in your FOV. You're welcome, and we will see you next time.